No, he didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing for 2022 Season 1, Week Number 6. I'm Peter Wilco Wilkinson. I'm here tonight with the one and only, the V8 superstar himself, Braden Martin. How are you going, mate? Not too bad, not too bad. Got the got rested last week and freshened up and back here uh, to join the team again. Yeah, well done. Look uh, like a, a horse coming back from a good spell. Straight out of the gates winner. Well done, mate. Well done. I'm glad to see you. I can't wait to talk about it. We are also joined tonight by the other host, Alex McKellar. How are you going, mate? Oh, I've finally been relegated to the other Alex. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I didn't say the other Alex. No, I started, no. I led there, and I went, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, that's how it is at the moment, though, the way he's going. So, uh, yeah, good, mate. Uh, looking forward to getting into it again, and, uh, yeah, see what the night unfolds. Yeah, definitely. We haven't got as much, actually, we've got more news on the docket this week than any other week we've had in a while, but it's not controversial this week. We're going to leave that for uh, the Facebook pages for the moment. Uh, but we're going to talk about some other cool stuff. So we've got a couple good chats coming up from some people in the community, and I can't wait to hear them uh, as we go through. Let's start off with thanking Brewster Coffee for the work they do and the money they gave us and the beautiful stuff they provide to the world. Uh, I think you might need to go click on Brewster Coffee, Brewster.coffee uh, website because he's going to need all the help he can get now that Wordle's been sold, and his Passwordle website's probably going to get sued. So... Go check out Password before it gets taken off. Uh, but Brewster.coffee, go check out for all your coffee needs uh, as far as places to find good coffee and rating it. So let's get straight into what we've been up to. I want to hear from Alex McKellar because there was a very interesting race that happened last night. I know you haven't done much else. A bit of SNL, I assume. A few officials made a video, all that kind of stuff. You know, the, the, the quiet Alex week, week that Alex has. But what's been happening, mate? What happened to the race last night quickly? Oh, last night, not a lot, actually. Um, everyone uh, that I've been racing with in the team and that, they all abandoned me and I rocked up and uh, in a field of 22. I'm starting to wonder about the old TCRs and, and, and I was checking out official participations and stuff earlier and, yeah, I don't even know if it's going to be the one season wonder that we were, we were perhaps expecting. Or, I, I don't know. But anyway, um, there's still obviously two decent-sized fields for Aussie car. I've, I've had a super busy week and I, I still did people that I feel like you've got to do the right thing by people in the field, did a couple of hours practice. I just don't have pace in the cars. So I didn't qualify. And then I was trundling around and um, just doing my thing of staying on the track. And, and unfortunately I, uh, I got caught out by a different braking marker, obviously uh, Stuart in front of me and hit him in the rear and, and it wasn't a big hit, but it put us both off. And then, um, I was just waiting for him to come back on and redress and then he's unfortunately been unsighted and collected someone on the rejoin and then that's flown off into me and and I just said, look, I think I feel like I've done my bit. <laughs> I had a rough day, I'm out. So uh, I just pulled the pin and, and better not to have someone with a, um, a sort of a clouded mindset on the on the track at that point, I don't think so. Uh, and that's, that's all I know about that race, to be honest. I had work to do and I went off and did that, so... Um, but I think it's important, um, myself, uh, I've made a commitment to the season. Um, I think it's important to give, you know, I and the team the respect of showing up and finishing the season out, which is what I'll attempt to do, work and stuff notwithstanding. But uh, hopefully, 
you know, people will sort of consider that too. There's a lot of effort that goes into into doing something like this. It's been a bit of a bumpy start in some respects, but you know what? Uh, it is a community thing, and and you know, I really feel like people should be getting behind it still. So, that's oh, good. I, I watched bits and pieces of broadcast, and I felt so bad, and I felt that summed up my week as well. Watching, <laughs> watching that little bit, bit and pieces, and it looked like. Uh, Crawford had it, had it, had it out for you, but then I watched the replay properly, and I'm like, oh no, he's just redressed and yeah. unsighted's an interesting word to use. Um, I won't go any further <laughs> than that. Um, but yeah, then then you were the unfortunate crossfire of, of the, you started it anyway. But yeah, you know, look, you I, I can't complain. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't complain. Like I, I don't, you know. At, at the end of the day, where I didn't look at detail, I didn't. I normally go back and look at my own incidents or or whatever. Yeah. I, I didn't. I, I wasn't in the right mindset, so I left it. But you know, my recollection at the time, which is sometimes very different to when you go back and have a look, was it he broke comparatively early for me. It was unexpected for me. Mm. Having said that. The onus is on me to make sure yeah. that I don't tag the car in front. So I actually wrote to Ira afterwards and said, hey, you know, it was all on me, don't, you know, whatever, um, and ready to, to wear it sort of thing. But, um, uh, you know, it just summed, as you say, summed up my day. I, I waited for it. We went back around. I probably could have done that a bit better, but, you know, it seemed to work out. And then I just I just saw it unfold in front of me. I went, oh, no, because that does come back to me ultimately. Uh, if I don't tag him, he doesn't. Um, that doesn't happen. And then I thought, oh, I feel bad about it, but I'll just drive around it. And suddenly, <laughs> suddenly I've been Found caught you. up with it as well. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, is what it is, mate. It was short, but oh, can't even say short and sweet. It was just short. <laughs> <laughs> Braden, did you did you see any of this from forty seconds down the field, down the track? <laughs> I didn't. I must admit, the only thing I saw was that Alex McKellar disconnected from the server, and I was like, "That is unusual," because you know, I know, I know that's not something you normally do. So I was like, no. "Something's obviously happened somewhere along the line." Can I say it wasn't even? It, it was. It was a quit. It wasn't even a rage quit. It was just more yeah. of a resignation to that's how my day is going. And and the funny thing is, because I was in the rig with the wireless keyboard, I got a wireless keyboard for the VRE and all the rest of it. And I just went to hit Alt F4, but it's a funky setup, and that just put my PC into hibernation mode. So I couldn't even do that right. I couldn't even <laughs> quit right. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm it glad we've got those. Alex in full form tonight. That's really yeah. good to hear. Yeah, look, the rest of the week was okay, though. Um, we did the the uh, the racing at Road America, which was really good. I, I had a great race, and I, and I did a video of it, and it was – Actually, it sort of resonated with a few people. I had a few hundred views on it, which, uh, you know, my, my race videos and the SNL videos, they get, you know, a couple hundred views here and there. This one sort of did a bit better than usual, which was really nice. And they got some talk go both on the forums and someone pointed out to me on Reddit as well, which was interesting. And even when I went into the servers uh, during the week for practice and what have you, the you know, I had the feedback around the lap guides, but then other people say, you know, it was that sort of stuff is interesting because you're getting an insight into the mind of what someone else is doing. And can I tell you that with those videos that I put up in my races, I always try to put up something that where the strategic elements of the race were interesting. And that one at Road America for me, both that one for me and the SNL race this week, and there've been several this week where there've been big pack races where you can see the cut and thrust and you can see people express their strategy and how they race. And that to me is what the category of say skip barbers allows that some other categories don't. Like a lot of it's a line of stern and capturing moments of, 
in a race where you can get an overtake or whatever, but with the skips, the race is so much closer and you're side by side so much more often that all that stuff comes into play. And it's part of the reason why they're a good training ground. So, yeah, I thought Road America, you know, there were the usual pile-ups in the heavy braking zones and different races and all the rest of it, but there was also some really good quality stuff and I think participation reflected that. It was a really big, big participation week for the skips, so it was good. So I want to touch quickly TCR. Across the board, you said you looked at the the participation stats. It is it's dropping off, is it? Well, it's interesting. So you look at the D class fixed series, and again, it's only a small sample size. I only looked across a couple of days, uh, mainly the weekends because it was peak. And the the, the D class fixed had eight splits at times, oh, wow. okay. right? But the strength of field's not there. It's a D-class series, so the top split's oh. maybe 2,800, right? Then you go to the, the the Michelin Pilot Challenge, I think it's called, and I looked at the big, what I assume was the, the community soft race there on, on the weekend, and it's the GT4s and the, the TCRs. Now, the TCR split, they're the slower cars, had a soft of around 5,200, right? Wow. Um, but the the GT4s was maybe 2,500 or something like that. And I was talking to John Skoltz, actually. Uh, he, he enjoyed it. He was very keen to race the TCRs originally when they came out. And he said he, the problem was in that category, you're up the front of the TCRs. And he said at a track like Road America where his experience was where this happened to him, a lap and a half in and you're up to the slow GT4s uh, and it really changed the dynamic of the race. I don't even remember. There was a race. Uh, it was at Bathurst. I can't remember what it was. I was watching a broadcast. No, I was in it. It was might have been a 12-hour or something like that. And they put in two categories that were uh, even on the straights but tragically different around corners. And what you ended up was these cars coming out of, through and out of corners really slowly but then you can't pass them on the straights, which is what happens at Bathurst. You pass on the straights majority of the time. So what you ended up was with the slower category overall, most of the field got punted out because people were trying to get them on the on the run into corners and they oh and they and they just couldn't do it. Um, yeah. anyway, uh, but yeah, so the disparity in those sorts of fields, fifty two hundred, you got seven K races in the in the slow car, and then, you know, there were a couple of four K races in the in the GT fours. So I'm wondering again if it's, you know, the user base for iRacing is up, but is is the diversity such that you can't really get a consolidated, you know, field anywhere in amongst it all, all you know, regularly? I don't know. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Interesting to see. Uh, well, obviously, there's, there's different circumstances we haven't really talked about with the actual Aussie Car League, but I think... I enjoy watching it at the 2022-24 mark, and I don't know what it's like racing in it. I guess Braden and you guys, uh, you, you are the ones that talk to about that, but I, I feel it's it's better to watch. Uh, I don't know if the standards are any better, but it's definitely better to watch because there's obviously not so much going on, I guess, is the thing. But what's it like, yeah. Braden, racing in with a, with only the 22-24 on the track? Um... Yeah, it, I've still it's hard because I'm I'm still really enjoying the car. Um, I guess the big thing that attracted me to to dropping the skippies this season and having a go at the TCR was two things: was a bit of a freshen up for myself and try something new and test test myself in some different cars, and obviously the appeal of the big field as well. Um, just because you know, an example kind of was Phillip Island round one, where I made two mistakes in one mistake in each race and spun myself and found myself back and 
was still able to enjoy myself coming through the field because there was a lot of cars for me to still be able to pass and try and work my way back up. Whereas, for an example, if I make that mistake in the skippies, you know, say goodnight to most of your race for the for the rest of the race because the drafting and, and the pack racing and, and the slightly smaller field, you know, 20, 25 compared to what was 40 plus at the time for TCR. Um, so I guess that aspect of it has dropped a little bit but I found myself a little bit more at the front the last couple of weeks, which has probably made my enjoyment factor a little bit, um, a little bit higher, I suppose as well. I, I really enjoy the car. Like I'm really enjoying the challenge of being able to be a little bit more bossy with the car. Not that I've really been confident enough to do it, but have it done to me is something a little bit different, you know, throws up another challenge and, um, and yeah, just I guess I for, I guess it's different for for me as well to what I suppose Alex experienced the other night, for example, where his teammates deserted him in a sense. <laughs> Whereas you know we had a, a strong cohort still racing, and you know there's three or four guys in the AM class, and there's the two Tims and myself in the Pro class. So you've got someone to talk to in the race and talk about strategy and you know make decisions together and things like that. And obviously that makes a, a big aspect to it as well. So. Um, that's definitely still there for me. So I'm still really enjoying it. Um, but I can see the point about, you know, some some of the um, excitement from it might have dissipated due to a few few less cars here and there. But as and again, as you said, the racing's certainly been a lot cleaner. Um, well, for, for me anyway. Um, yeah, so. Do you, see, I was say, do you see the potential of putting the two, the Pro-Am and the Pro together and yeah. just going back to that and then have you 40 45 cars in the field and but still having the classes that yep. are still racing for your, your title yeah i 100 see, see that as an option the cars aren't so drastically different in pace i don't think that it would cause a massive drama it's not like you've got you know five second elapsed faster faster guys we saw at the tin top cup where there was a massive range of uh, driving abilities still in a big field that cars were able to do a pretty good job and and still be within you know that two three second mark of each other. Um, so I, I can't see where it would be a, a problem. Yeah, what were you gonna say, Alex? Uh, just you know, obviously, uh, I, I haven't got such an affinity with the car uh, itself. The racing, I think, is fine. I, I haven't had big problems with the driving standards. There's obvious exceptions, but th- that you get that everywhere. Uh, and they haven't been in great numbers. They've had an impact at times, but they haven't been in great numbers. Um, the racing's fine. It's it's obviously different. I like the open wheel style more, um, but it's different. And, and I've had I've had some enjoyable racing, albeit at, at different ends of the field, sort of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't have a great issue to fix, uh, other than for myself. Like I said, I don't have a great affinity with the car. I, I don't know about combining the um, the fields. I, I don't know. You get the the pro is you get the big field back, which is fine. Um, the which, and good. The the con for me is that you potentially com- entirely change the nature of the competition for both series. You've suddenly in, introduced a wild card and a, and a, and factors that weren't in play for each of the two fields um, by doing that. I don't know. That was just just sort of how I saw a brain. What do you, what do you reckon of that? 
Yeah, and I guess the one thing um, that I probably didn't think of at the time as I was speaking was one thing I've really enjoyed about having the separate AM uh, class is being able to watch the broadcast and see a lot of different names up um, on the broadcast and, you know, people getting victories that probably won't get that limelight necessarily. And for a driver to get the chance to practice what it's like being in front of the race, that's a very different skill to running around, yes, in p1 of your class maybe but 20 cars back um and that's a that's a whole new skill set that a lot of people don't actually get a chance to practice because they don't get a chance to be at the front of their field um for whatever reason that may be so that's probably another another factor that you really have to consider i know some of the locked on boys that have been in the amateur class have really enjoyed the less pressure on them of having quicker guys around them or if a quicker guy does make a mistake having them come through the field and those kind of things, I, I guess that's another big factor to think about. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, having that opportunity to, to have the full race day experience in a category, it's, it's like a separate category, right, that, that's more in line with, with where you're at. And I think, um, I think that's, that's a, a very good element of it, as you say. Um, and, it, yeah, it just gives people a different look at it. But uh, you're right too. For me, you know, some of the gloss has been taken off by the exodus, not only of the whole field, but the the folks that I race with. And I, I do miss uh, miss the experience you were talking about. About you know, we've had Brody in the in the second split uh, in the in the pro am, and you know, joining Discord, watching him with his race, logging in, watching the broadcast, or logging into the server and watching spectator, whatever it was, right. Um, and having that element of team or, or, or compatriotism or whatever you want to call it, I think I just made up a word. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, you know, and, but with the thinning of the herd, so to speak, that's um, you know, uh, a lot of that gets taken away. But uh, and then perhaps just added to, like I said, my uh, dreary night uh, <laughs> last night in the, in the race, it was just highly deflating and, and demotivating. Uh, so. But anyway, you know, but we get, you know, we'll have another crack at that uh, on, th- on Thursday night, the skips, which will be good. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I, I don't want that to be a reflection on uh, what Ira's done either. I, I I think it's a blending of the the hype of the car disappearing. There's some other uh, series popping up that might be distracting people as well. I mean, I know there's some stuff kicking off and... Yeah, Daytona 24 was on, so people miss around and then they almost think, oh, well, I've missed around now. Should Is there much point going back? You know, there's lots yeah. of things. Yeah, exactly right. And again, for some reason, for me personally, that just, just I don't know whether it's the front-wheel drive car, although I used to be able to handle the Kia okay. Um, like I, I, AJ and I were talking about doing the, the, the Bathurst 12-hour this weekend. Uh, as I think you know. but And I, I quite enjoyed doing some laps in the GT4 and the BMW. Um yeah, I don't know. It's just something about that. Maybe if I had the Audi or the the Civic, it'd be different. But uh, it's just that one that doesn't quite work for me. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that was it. Was interesting. I guess I could talk a little bit about my race from the last couple of weeks. Um, obviously, we went to Barber the week before, um, which was interesting. I I don't know what your thoughts are on Barber Motorsport Park, but I can't stand it. I actually really <laughs> don't really don't like it at all. I I had a lot of trouble um, sort of practicing that track and and being able to do it consistently um a little bit like hockenheim ring this week to be honest because of all the off tracks which i'm sure we'll t- which we could touch on a little bit i was definitely guilty culprit on that one but 
yeah, Barbo didn't go too bad. I was kind of middle middle of the top 10 and sort of stayed middle of the top 10. It was sort of one of those nights where I kind of stayed in the one spot. I um, had a big moment after getting tagged in the second race and went spearing off uh, into the into the grass. The position was redressed, which was fine, but I, I, my life flashed before my eyes. It was one of those, yep, I'm straight into the wall here and you sort of counter steer hoping for the best and I'm on the grass in a front wheel drive. I'm thinking, oh, I'm dead. There's no way this car turns around at all um and it actually managed to manage to straighten up and go straight so i think i ended up with a seventh and a sixth or something along those lines but um this week was a little bit different with the enduro format and (laughs) surprised myself and put it on pole which was pretty cool um i'm sure we'll talk a little bit about the srw um series with wilco in a second but um (laughs) yeah for, for the second night in a row managed to put a car on pole which was definitely a little bit surprising and kind of added to the anxiety of the start and uh, those kind of things. And it was a really interesting race. Like Ryan uh, took me pretty early. It was like turn three and into the, into the hairpin. And he basically, he caught me and uh, overtook me. I was probably a little bit cautious if I really wanted to, I probably could have held the inside line and made a fight for it. But my sort of idea was, and I've seen enough of these races now, I think, and especially from the skippies, my theory was, me and him don't fight. We drive away from the pack behind who are squabbling, get that six, seven, eight second gap. And who knows, then it's a, a pretty cushy ride for the rest of the race. So um, I sort of tucked in behind him. And we managed to start to make a little bit of breakaway. Dan Yeaman was behind and he was sort of sticking with us, but was getting some pressure from the cars behind. Once he broke the cars behind, they started squabbling and all three of us kind of drove away. And that was when that time started ticking up three seconds, four seconds, five seconds. Um, and I basically strategized to just split the race in half. Um, didn't want to fill up with too much petrol. Knew that tires would cover the rest of the fuel uh, when we stopped. So I pitted first, which I, I think maybe lost me a position in hindsight. But again, I wasn't too stressed about it. It was more about just trying to secure a good, good finish um and dan and uh, ryan both came out in front of me um but managed to stay with them because ryan got a massive uh off track and got a slowdown which basically allowed me to tag onto the back of them for the rest of the race it was really interesting though the audi was super good under the heavy braking zone so into turn two into the hairpin and a little bit into the first stadium section so that they were both in a hyundai uh like yourself and i was able to break 30 40 meters deeper than them into the into the hairpin so every everywhere else though i could not stay with them um so it was sort of into the hairpin i would go from the 0.9 seconds i'd get the draft go really deep into the hairpin get it back to 0.4 then by the end of the lap i'm back out to 0.9 again um and then the first part of the lap i'd sort of claw it all back and it was sort of how it was going so i I really early on sort of realized that I probably don't have a chance of winning this because I just didn't have the raw pace to, to really be aggressive and make, make a move. Um, but then they started squabbling and I kind of was like, Ooh, I'm kind of a chance here, but I think it's going to na- need a mistake from one of them. And it felt really close a couple of times. They banged doors a couple of times on the straight. They're driving into each other a little bit or the parabolica. I guess it's not really a straight, um and a couple of times there were some big sort of dives into the into the hairpin but couldn't really get through so just just sort of settled and was pretty happy with third the problem was they started doing this with about nine laps to go when jordan ross was 
about six and a half seconds behind. And I could just see the time ticking down every time they went too wide into the hairpin. And I'm just trying to stay back and stay out of it. And every time they do it, I'm losing half a second, six tenths. Um, and by the end, he ended up getting back within like 1.3 seconds or something because I was getting very nervous that I was going to end up, um, after being you know calm and collected, I was going to end up losing third through not really any fault of my own, but just from almost being a bit too kind um, and not really trying to you know get through as well. But I think if I had have battled any harder, well, I didn't battle at all. If I had have chose to battle, then Jordan would have caught us and I've seen how quick he is and I didn't really want to, to bank on that. So it was kind of a... Let's just take a third and and be happy with that. Well, I I think it's a valid strategy to be honest. Um, save, see, you dive into that battle and and John catches you quicker, uh, right? Um, secondly, you're increasing your risk of of not finishing, right? Whereas if you actually, you know, and I I haven't, I haven't watched it to be honest, but if you if you dive in, speaking sort of generically, if you dive in in the last sort of couple of laps, right, thinking about what gives me the opportunity to make positions um, but minimises my risk? I still have enough time to get there. Like, you know, that's the strategy, right? Um, and I think that's perfectly valid. Sit there, let them – maybe they take themselves out, you drive off and get a win, right, yeah. with, with with minimal risk. Back to your question about Barber, mate. I, I quite like it. I've got good history there. Um, you know, I made a good mate over in um, in Scandinavia there, Sammy Toikala. We raced there once. That's how we met. Uh, I'm thinking, who's this bloke? He's got like a uh, – he had triple figure or – no, he had four-figure I rating, but it was really low. But he was just blindingly fast. And then, <laughs> you know, we got chatting afterwards and, and you know, he turns out he's just lightning fast. He just for whatever reason his I rating was tiny and, and wasn't representative of his skill. But we've been friends for years ever since. But, you know, I, I didn't do as much practice there. For example, as I did at Hockenheim, Hockenheim, I've just done more laps there and it was just more comfortable. I quite like the waterfall chicane. Um, Death I think chicane? It, yeah, it, it, it really sorts out the folks who, um, you know, have got the courage of conviction to go through there, pick the line and and, and run with it. Um, yeah, I mean, we saw a lot of action there, of course, but that's the, that's the nature of that uh, that particular corner. But... Yeah, mate, TCR's fun. Glad you had a good result. I'm glad to see you doing so well in there, right? And, and it, you know, it irks me so much that, uh, you know, you can transition to a car like that and i got nothing, honestly. <laughs> i got absolutely nothing. So, yeah, it is what it is. Talk about transitioning to another car, mate. What what else have you been racing? Yeah, well, we, we got some locked-on cars out for, for the big beasts of the, the V8s, which was an enjoyable Sunday night. It was nice to have um, all four of us, myself, Wilco, uh, Mitesy, and Buzzer, all, all jumping in the Super Split 2 for the SRW Sim Racing World. Um, Joined by a banter lad as well. Is that yeah, that's right. Can't, can't, forget, can't forget Roy, who was... Um, Probably helping. Uh, to be honest, I think we should give a bit of a shout out to Roy because he was actually quite helpful throughout the night. And, you know, even a few times I went back and watched your stream and some of Mitesy's stream and, you know, even just some of the calming words he gave you a couple of times. And speak, speaking of which, uh, I'm sure you're going to bring up my driving because I know you've been waiting all all, all couple of days since it's <laughs> happened to, to try and embarrass me. But um, I watched your stream back, especially race one. I didn't watch too much of race two. Um, from your point of view, I watched it from Mitesy's, but in race one, you drove an absolutely superb race and some of the patience that you showed that others didn't 
um, I could see the direct learning from us driving the Skiffies for the last 10 seasons go into how you drove the V8. And there was one particular where you looked in your rear vision mirror, you saw this bloke coming from a mile back into turn one and you just opened up your steering, ran yourself a little bit wider and, and deeper than you would have and went as he zoomed past you over the sausage curve at turn one, you just poked underneath and drove off into the sunset. And I was like, that was that was really good driving. So you should be really proud of your efforts on us. I thought night. about that afterwards. I'm like... I, I couldn't have timed that any better. Like, I just saw him dive so deep. He missed his marker by about uh, 50 metres. It's only about 50 metres where the marker is. So, um, to turn in, yeah, just turned in late, turned up, put the foot down on the accelerator and didn't let him... I gave him enough room once he decided to come back on, but by then he would have had a slowdown. So, I'm like, oh, I've, I've got it anyway. But uh, And then I think he spun out, like, half a lap later. But, yeah, that was, um, that was one of the more special moments of the night. And then I... Would, testing the stream this afternoon so I had the replay watching it and that start um I don't know how I missed every single car that tried to KO itself on that on the starting grid I'm like there's a car coming at me there's another car coming at me there's another car coming at me and then I turned in so so yeah, yeah the was, start do we have to bring that up <laughs> so well I didn't say anything about you I was just saying for me 23rd to 13th or something in the, in one corner it was great so you wouldn't have seen this, Alex, because the broadcast uh, hasn't been put up yet. But I did a really good job in qualifying. Like, really outdone myself. I managed Seven to chuck... tenths faster than the field. Yeah, just a little bit better than little. Yeah, little I felt okay. like a real tool to be honest, because I, <laughs> I um, I've been put in Super Two, which is you know fair enough considering I don't. Oh, that was my first ever race in a V8 supercar. I've never actually done a race in it before, and. I'm very inconsistent. Like I, I can put a good lap together with a bit of trial and error, but in terms of keeping it on the straight and narrow, it hasn't been so great in the practice sessions. And I think J-Mac might've seen that when he did the splits and decided to put me in split too. But because my I rating still 4K from <laughs> from the Skippy, all the Skippy racing, and then I go and out qualify the field by seven tenths, how much of a sandbagging jerk do I look like all of a sudden? You know? Well, you are. But anyway, but, I very very quickly proved my uh, proved my worth by not managing to get it into the gear into first gear on the start line, having three cars dodge me and then one absolutely nail me in the rear, and then basically I didn't realize till we looked at the uh, replay after about fifteen cars behind me got turned or spun or crashed into because I couldn't get off the start line. So it was an interesting start to, to my to the VAC point cars. it brought the safety car out straight away as well so not even a half lap in and we're a safety car yeah so i definitely showed my true colors a question without notice then right so you've got the high i rating put into the second split feel you know a bit uncomfortable or awkward or whatever you want to describe about it i've got the high i rating from running the skips no pace and the tcrs running around at the back feeling like a mug and you know and all the rest of it um which is the better approach I don't think I'm winning the second split in the TCRs. I think my times put me up near the front of the field. But there again, the I rating disparity would talk to perhaps experience and hopefully a bit of learning of racecraft and stuff that comes with that. Which which is the better approach? I don't know. It's a good it's a good question actually. What not one that I've really thought of the answer with. I think um, maybe for your own ego being uh, the person that has the high I rating and is uh, sitting at the top of a bunch of people that might think that they're deserve undeservedly in the same split as you. 
probably for your own ego makes you feel good. Like, oh yeah, look at me. I still managed to get top. Maybe driving around with the high eye rating at the back doesn't fill your ego as much. But in terms of maybe how other people view you, I'd probably <laughs> rather be in your situation. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Like, um, yeah, because I mean, you think then you think about combining the if or did ever decide to combine the two splits mm. um yeah what is that because like i mean you do look at the at the the time disparity between the pro-am and the pros it's it, they've done a i think they've done a pretty good job or and they've done a pretty good job of separating them out because the fastest time in the in the pro-ams is pretty much you know mid to lower end of the of the pros right so yep. Uh, I think that's been pretty successful, pretty well done. Yeah, it's look, it's just an interesting question. I don't know which I'd prefer. I uh, to think be if you're running a league, which is the only real way you've got to look at it, I think you go the JMAC option and you put the high I rating person in the low split for the first for their for their rookie season is what how you've got to look at it. They are the rookie. Cool. If you are that much faster than everyone else, cool. Have a win on your rookie season and debut, but you're going up next season 100%. At least it gives you that chance to learn your craft, especially when you know the background of, like both of you basically, not driving either of those cars before competitively. You would 100% err on the on the side of let's put them in the lower split because at least that gives them that time to, to not only get that race craft, but also gives them that enjoyment factor and will stick them to the series rather than I think I can clearly see Braden going on with Sim Racing World, even if he goes to top split, but I cannot see McKellar going on with TCRs no matter what the result is. And, and no, I did, I, I was just, yeah. I did have a look at my qualifying time and it still would have only put me, I think it was like 14th or something in top split, which was about 25 cars. So it's not like I was, you know, top, you five win top, top split. split. Yeah, exactly. No. So, um, yeah. And, and fair, I, yeah, I was going to say, the, the last little thing to go with that, the, the background knowledge, is you are then racing with the rest of your team, putting yeah. you not only in the highest split in the car you've never raced before in a competitive situation on your own, that's saying, please don't come back ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, True. look, uh, and if I don't know how well you know the people in that series or not, mate, but um, if you're an unknown entity too, then there's an element of, hey, we don't want to disrupt the conversation in, in, with an existing group of racers and all the rest of it. And as you, as you say, at the end of the first season, oh, yeah, he's absolutely, you know, um, done the right thing and, and shown that he can be part of that, that, that conversation in the top split. So... Yeah, look, it's just an interesting one to think about. It's all. To be um, fair, you only won the second race by two seconds. <laughs> I did. So first race after destroying half the field, I then got spun uh, from seventh. So despite only killing half the field off the start line, I managed to stay seventh. I didn't have a boot or a rear wing, but that doesn't seem to matter in the supercar for some strange reason. You can ding the front splitter and you lose 45 kilometers per hour down the straight, but you can lose the whole rear wing and the boot and you're all good. So um, that was interesting. Weight, so weight I was seventh. Mate. Weight reduction, mate. <laughs> yeah. Really good. So I was seventh, but then got spun uh, by someone, didn't quite leave enough room for me uh, on the exit of a turn and ended up having to let the whole field through because everyone was bunched up in the uh, safety car and was back down to 24th or 25th and managed to, to squeeze my way up to 14th by the end of the race. But by the time, it was only a 20-minute race, and by the time the safety car had happened, there was only about 
11 yeah. minutes of the race left or something. So I honestly, when Roy's turned around and said final lap, I've looked at the, the lap count of like five times going, he can't be. No yeah. way. Not a <laughs> <Yeah>. chance. <laughs> so then, so second race, I'm starting from 14th. Um, progressive grid, but reverse top 10. Couldn't get myself into the, get the double pole. <laughs> but Wilco good. He managed to get himself on pole. So we had we two. We locked two... out the, <laughs> yeah, locked out poles with locked on cars for the race one or two. It was good. That's right. And managed to work my way through the field. Um, caught Roy. Um, and we decided to pit pretty early, get ourselves out of the battling and, and managed to put ourselves pretty clear of the rest of the field. I think... On the last lap, with the battling that they had and the incident they had at turn one, as I was getting to about the end of turn two, uh, I was about 10 or 11 seconds ahead, maybe more. And you'll love this, all by myself, Alex. Spin the wheels off coming out of turn two, last lap, put it in the wall, have to reverse back across the track, find first gear, <laughs> drive off. <laughs> and I'd, I'd made that mistake about 300 times in practice and then hadn't done it once throughout the race. And I'm thinking, oh, this has actually gone so well. I'm so proud of myself. Starting to look at like, you know, my dash, how much fuel I've got left, looking at the timing screen and just lose concentration and spin up the rear wheels and put myself in the wall, but managed to still still get home for the win, which was kind of interesting. After all that, you still got the win, mate. Yeah. And don't worry, I've never done anything like that. Never <laughs> have I put it in a wall, watching other things, stream chat, nothing. Never done it. Don't I wouldn't, about. wouldn't imagine it. But Wilco, you had a pretty good night as well for your first outing in the V8 in a long, long time. I, I've never been more nervous going into a race in my life, to be honest. And... um. And quality showed why. Like I couldn't get a, I, I couldn't get a fast lap together compared to everyone else. But I didn't care, and I'm sat. I found myself in the twenty minute qualifying session going, "Why am I even out here? I want to start at the back. Just let me start at the back." Yeah, we had I to tell know. Wilco. We had to remind him that it's his qualifying session as well. He's just pulling over, letting person after person go through. It's like Wilco, you're allowed to be out here, mate. Get a lap. Like, I don't want to be out here. But anyway, yeah, we qualified at the back. And which I was happy with, and yeah, all the chaos on the first, the on the on the start, dodging cars left, right, and center, and come out and safety car, and all of a sudden thirteenth. I'm like, here we go. This is this is good, good finish. Um, waiting for all the cars to come through and, and get me, but then finding that I was actually on race pace rather than quality pace is nothing, but race pace I was actually holding my own and um, sitting there in thirteenth, and then just slowly watching. Like a car would get past me, then a car would spin, or a car would get up to me and then spin, and then or two cars in front of me would come together. Um, to the point, Mighty's gone. Please overtake me. I'm in tenth. I don't want to get um, big on pole position. Take. I mean, you're in eleventh. Overtake me, and then he spins out anyway, um, and puts me back in that tenth spot. Uh, and like I said, it, very uneventful first race for for putting in fifty million X's in practice and and hardly doing a lap together. I, I did a two X on the first race and one of them was on the last corner um, where I just went wide and um, just, just before the last corner and yeah finished in 10th was a was a pretty two things really good and made me feel amazing for for how how far I'd come but then shit myself because now I've got to start at pole position for the next race and um, just after I'd managed to take out half the field from pole by the way yeah <laughs> And, and like I got an okay start in the first one, but I got an okay start from the back of the field. So I was around people who didn't, who who maybe didn't, couldn't get it off the off the line as quick. So got into the thing, nervous as hell, front of the grid, and 
I just, I think I had it right. And then last minute, I'm like, no, I, I bogged a little bit last race. So let's put the foot down a little bit further and just spun the wheels on start, which obviously lost all momentum and dropped myself back down to fifth. But I did get it in gear, Braden, and I did go forward when I put my foot down. So I don't know. I didn't cause a big, massive pile-up, so it was good. I uh, got around the first corner, had to go wide because on for some reason you're on the outside for turn one from, from first position. But um, hung around there, had Roy sitting behind me, let Roy pass because I'm just like, I'm not going to battle with you, Roy. I'm not going to take both of us out. You go through. <laughs> But then sat behind Roy for a lot of it, and as Braden alluded to before, he was like, hold your position. And I'm like, I don't want to hold my... I just want these guys to not be on my tail. But I ended up having a a good three-lap battle with these guys before I, I made the mistake. And uh, I had... Okay, so we went into Red Bull. We're doing the sweeping left-handed, the two sweeping left-handers. Um, before that, that right-hand turn, the lap turn three or four, whatever you call it, um, I just spun the wheels coming out, which slowed the momentum down, which got the guy on the run on me, but he was on the outside for the two left-handers. I've stuck to the inside, held my line. He's come right over and tapped me in the rear, got me a bit bit sideways, but it's fine. We, we, we were battling, but it then put me too far on to, onto the inside for the next left-hander, and I just got the, the back wheel up on the curb and, and put the foot down a little early, trying to hold my position, and the tail flicked out, and he was right behind me and drove straight through me as you would because, you know, he had no time to react and spun me around. Didn't do any damage, didn't do any, like I just basically came back on at the end of the field, like Braden did, so 23rd, I think I came back onto the field in a 40-minute race with a pit stop, and then went, okay, well, it's just let's get top 20, let's get top 15, and we'll go from there, and kept it smooth, kept it, kept it good, and then... Got to pit stop time. These were the pit stop. And I'm like, okay, I'm going in now because I caught up to a guy that I, in practice, I kept on finding I was slightly quicker than as long as we didn't both make mistakes. And he was tending to make a few more mistakes than I was. Um, so I got behind him and he was just holding me up. So I'm like, that's it. I'll go into the pits. Went to the pits behind a guy. And this guy was probably half the length of the straight into his pit bay before I was coming even uh, across the, start, the stop line, the, the, the pit limiter line. Forgot I hadn't mapped a button for the pit limiter, so I'm doing what I do in the skips, and I'm here, brake accelerator going 80 k's down the thing, trying not to go over and trying to keep pace. Get into my pit stall, get out, and this guy's still in the pit bay and just comes out about two seconds behind me. I'm like, oh, well, I've just made a position in the pits, excellent. Go around, and then I see old mate in front pits in um, the next lap, and I come out two to three seconds ahead of him, so I made two two spots in my pit stop, which was another vindication of of the practice I'd put in and and, the, and it was also the strategy side of it that I'd miss in skips like we were getting that in the V8 which is what I was really enjoying um, and then it was just yes watching cars in front of me slowly implode as I kept it straight um, missing cars that were spinning and then one guy came flying through the field and got past me, but then all of a sudden finished finding the last lap and looking down, and I was in tenth again. And I'm like, "How did that happen?" From twenty third, I lost. I went back and looked at the at the YouTube video. I lost eighteen, fourteen, or eighteen seconds in the spin, um, from how far behind the leader I was to how far I was when I got back on and got it back up the pace. Um, and I think I was only thirty eight seconds off you, Braden, by the end of the race. So realistically, 
I could have, I should have been, if I hadn't have made that one mistake, I could have been, you know, sixth, seventh, sort of battling around there, which would have been a great finish from pole. So, yeah, it was a good night, and I really enjoyed it. And like I said, getting more strategy out of it, getting more, uh, like, it, it's just weird we got four guys in there after I thought it would just be me and Buzzer, but that aspect of it's really good as well, and the four of us learning. Well, Buzzer's not learning his craft, but the four of us, you know, learning the experience together is really good. And it was a fun league. Sim Racing World Split 2 was, was good fun. Um, is what it is where it's second split. And like I said, lots of people make mistakes. But, you know, everyone was fairly clean except for probably one person and um, ran very well. <laughs> oh, maybe two people then. Braden just put his hand up. But, um, <laughs> yeah, otherwise it was really good. Well, well ran. The only thing I question, and I'm going to, without notice, I don't understand why pits are closed the way they do pits. So there's a safety car. I think it's something to do with how it works in real life. I think OSI do this as well. Um, when the I've safety cars, I've never seen a V8 race where the pits are closed when the safety car comes out. Cause that's when everyone. I pits. think I think it's something to do with where the safety car picks the cars up, and it closes the pit exit if the safety car is coming past. I've seen it in other things before. I don't know if I've seen it in V8 supercars. Yeah, I think you're right in that one. But I have seen it in other things where. Uh, and they close the pit exit, like as the safety car is coming past. Yeah, I can understand yeah. the exit. Yeah, because that happens in NASCAR. You can't exit the pits while the safety car line train's going past. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen it in V8s. And like I said, it would that would have worked perfectly because it fed into the strategy, except it eliminated the strategy of going long because if you got caught, um, if a safety car happened late, if you got caught in that, you just, there goes your race. Where if the pits mm. are open when the safety car comes out, it adds that strategy of cool. Well, I just got a good call because I went late and I've just got a safety, I can pit on the safety car. Yep. So, I don't know. It's a thought. But anyway. A little, sh- a little shout yeah. out just before we finish. I know I've been talking forever. Um, uh, I thought the race control did a really, really good job yeah. in, in that race as well. I think his name was Lachlan Capel. So, shout out to him. Um, the very well communicated throughout the race um and you know the race report was really thorough and up really quick and i thought all the decisions were were really well thought out so i just thought i'd give him a bit of a shout out as well and apologize for my little whinge on the (laughs) sorry (laughs) yeah no he did did a great job and i think the calls like you said were right it's strange having drive-through penalties and then I, i understand where roy came from where he 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 did what the guy behind me did where he tapped a guy who got a little sideways and lost a bit of momentum and, and tapped him on the corner and spun him out and got a 10 second penalty where other people were getting drive throughs, but he made the call. That's the thing he's, if he's going to be consistent about making the call where it's a, you know, a racing incident that was maybe 60% your fault, maybe 70% your fault. We'll give you a small penalty where if it was a blatant or, you know, a bad thing, which I think some of the other ones were, it's a drive through. And if that's the way we go for the rest of the season, I'm happy with that. That's fine. So, yeah, well done, all involved. It was good. I think it was a good night out considering for for locked on. We definitely good in the second race. We got a couple of top tens and a and a win. And, and Buzzer you know, had a fourth in the first race. Yeah, so might see. You can see he's gonna be quick and he's gonna be consistently top ten like he was in the skippies. He's just got to get rid of that one mistake. Um, a bit more I think, confidence, at, I think, as well. Yeah, and he, he got very unlucky in that second race, um, but. That's what it is. We've got the triple sprint races next week, which will be good fun. Yeah, so. done about four and a half laps at Silverstone. Uh, good luck. That's all I'm saying. I haven't even touched it yet, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, 
So I guess we move on. Oh, now we'll move into the news. We've got a few discussions we want to have, but we'll put them at the end of the news. So let's get straight into the news. Don't forget, if you're interested in having a chat with us all, uh, this is where we record as well. Um, we are at lockedonlads.com slash discord. If you can't get us there, then um, hit us up on the Facebook page as well. Uh, Locked on Lads Facebook is the place to get us. Let's head into the news for now. So we're going to start off a little um, chat with someone. Uh, so last or over the weekend, I've been trying to do it for the last couple of weeks. So I, I pulled Aiden Schultz aside, and we've had him on the podcast before. Done a full interview with him, but I wanted to have a chat with him this time because uh, he's just taken over another league. Uh, so he's running the old what's old the old full throttle league now, and it's um, it's going really good. And he's got a few good series in there. He's got an IndyCar series, a NASCAR series coming up, and a V8 series. So. Uh, we should have a chat to him about that and into sim racing, how the broadcasting over there is going. So take it away, Aiden. And welcome back to the podcast, Aiden Schultz. How are you, mate? Good morning, Peter. I'm very well. How are you this Sunday morning, mate? Uh, look, I'm awake. My kid turned the TV on at some stupid hour, so I'm awake and I'm moving. That's the main thing. About to do a day of paperwork. I can't wait. But look, enough about me, mate. I've, I've, I've heard some stuff about you. I don't want to talk about your sim rig at all. Let's just go straight into <laughs> what you've actually been, the good stuff you've been up to at the moment. So explain to us global sim racing. Yeah, so we've had a bit of a change in the iRacing space. Um people out there might know that there was a league on iRacing called Full Throttle Sim Racing Leagues, and they uh, predominantly focused on the oval side of things. Um, knew a few guys through there, and the previous league owner decided to hang up his uh, boots in the iRacing space, so I've now taken over that. And it's now called Global iRacing Leagues, and it's rebranded across all socials, Discord, in iRacing, everything's um, all rebranded through there. All the previous league members um, are still there as well. And I think we've had about 70 more join in the past four weeks since I officially made the announcement, put out the schedules, etc. And we're now sitting at about 330 league members in iRacing. So that's pretty exciting. Um, we've changed it a little bit, though. And I can go into that in a little bit more detail um, a little bit later as we chat, if you like, Peter. But um, we run three leagues now and it's not all oval based. Um, we've had a chat, I think last year and, and my background in the real world and through sim, you know, wasn't oval based. So we've got a supercar league, a IndyCar league, and then also a NASCAR league for, so we've got a little bit for everyone there, um, to get their fixer racing. So, and the numbers so far, the proof's in the pudding that it seems to be working. Yeah, it definitely is. So it, we've got the V8 league. Talk us through that one first, and then I want to really talk about these Indian NASCAR leagues as well. Yeah, sure thing. So um, we kicked off three weeks ago uh, for the Inside Lane Productions V8 Supercar Series. Uh, we've been lucky enough to have Kobe Jordan and the guys at Inside Lane Productions come on as a major sponsor for the Supercar Series. So um, that's really good. We've run through the first three rounds already. Um, so we ran the first round on, at Monza. Um, for 35 laps, we had, sorry, with the second round was at, I can't even remember. Um, <laughs> I, I know last 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 week was at um, Detroit. Uh, sorry, yeah. Chicago. So we've run Detroit, Belle Isle as the second round and then um, Chicago the third round. So um, we've Baptism done that. Baptism of fire with, for your drivers, aren't, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah, well, I definitely uh, didn't miss him on the technical side for the first couple of rounds. <laughs> Looking back, I probably should have uh, thought of that a little bit differently. But I tell you what, uh, the cream rises to the top, as you say. Um, PRT, Premier Racing Team, um, Corey Shepherd and, and Brian Borg, they've been really strong. Corey's come out the box and uh, won the first three rounds, uh, polled all three rounds and fastest lap of all three rounds. So he's taken every available point there for the first three rounds. But we have been averaging in excess of 35 cars um, for the first three rounds, which is really great for um, a supercar league in its infancy, um, being a 12-round series. Um, it's it's really, really good. But there's from the supercar aspect, this one was just one to iron out all the bumps, um, see what other leagues are doing. Not, not copy them at all, but a lot of these drivers and top-notch drivers, you know, Corey Shepard with a 7,000 IR um, and, and the list goes on. Um, they race leagues that are well-organized, live race control, and things are consistent. So we're just using this league, or this series rather, just to iron out some of the creases. There is going to be some issues, which we've already found, um, but we're working through with the drivers on how we can make it better because we are going to go into another season after this one, which will be a lot longer. Um, and they're all fixed setups as well, Peter, as well. So if yep. anyone does want to be a part of it, they are fixed setups. The reason I do that is I like to make it a play, even playing field. So, um, you know, if you don't have a VRS subscription or you don't have any of those subscriptions to setups or you don't know how to build a setup, um, the setup is there for you. And it's all through our Discord channel a couple of days before um, the race. So you can jump on and, and practice until your heart's content. And, um, yeah, off we go. Yeah, so that yeah, just quickly, Pete, that's, yeah. um, that's actually on a Friday night. Um, yes. Servers open at uh, 6.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time or 7.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight, wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an hour practice session before the race. Then a, depending on the size of the track, it's either a 20 or a 30-minute open qualifying session when all cars are on track. And, of course, we can't forget to mention that all of those races are broadcast live on LR Esports with live race control in the race as well. So um, if anyone wants to be a part of it, all you need to do is join Global iRacing Leagues. We always welcome new members. And if you are a member of Global iRacing Leagues through iRacing, just a reminder that you're eligible to run every single series that we do provide. So you don't have to apply for different races and different leagues to be able to run. Excellent, good news. And speaking of those other ones, so IndyCar, you got in a little bit late, as you said, but there's not not many out there doing it, which is really good to see that people are finally starting to take it seriously. And I was a bit of a big fan of Indy last year, so let's let's talk about Indy. What's happening with that league? Yeah, so the IndyCar series runs on a Monday night. Um, overwhelmed with the amount of support, I had a lot of interest um, from the previous Full Throttle guys about an IndyCar series. I was umming and ahhing whether. I do do that because I've seen there hasn't been a great following through the iRacing platform. Um, in saying that, I could have been looking in the wrong places, but um, I think it might have been AOG or someone just beat me to the punch. But yeah. they run on they run on a different night and they've put on a good series so far. I see they're getting good numbers. But in regards to the Global iRacing League's IndyCar series, we kicked that off um, three weeks ago as well, and we are averaging well over thirty five drivers in that. Um, league as well. Scott Rankin's currently second in that championship. A newcomer in um, Global iRacing Leagues is actually leading it at the moment. But I'll give you an idea of the schedule because it's a, it's a really good schedule. Um, 
it's mixed up. I did want to run it like the real world IndyCar series, but not all those tracks are available on iRacing. Um, yeah. So we mixed it up. So it's a mixture of road and oval. So like we've already done um, Detroit, Belle Isle and Texas. Sorry, we've only done two rounds. So we went yeah. from road to oval. Um, this Monday night, tomorrow night, we head to Long Beach and then Barber Motorsports Park, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but the road course. Um, yeah. And then we go the next week straight to Indianapolis again and run the Indy 300. So we've gotten an oval the next week. Uh, then we go to Iowa, Worldwide Technology, Laguna Seca, and we finish it off on the 24th of March at Road America. So a um, bit of a different series there with a mixture of oval and road, just like the real world. Um, and that's broadcast too live um, on Dolby Racing Team. There's a little bit of issue there um, with the broadcast. It's not the best at the moment because they're struggling with their internet connection, but at least we're bringing something to the to the viewers that want to have a look there and, and support their drivers in that race IndyCar. And we've seen a lot of drivers actually come across from the road aspect. Like we saw Ash Davis from 9.5 turn out this season in the IndyCar. So has Mitch Campbell um, and they've been doing really well. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's pretty much IndyCar as a whole, um, that runs on a Monday night. All the server times are the same. So same thing, 6.30 p.m. till 7.30 p.m. Uh, with the practice. The only difference with qualifying for the road courses, it is an open open qualifying, um, either 20 or 30 minutes, depending on the road track. But on the ovals, it's a five-minute, two-lap standalone as per normal oval leagues generally run it because we don't want to allow drafts and stuff to um, to try and get that pole position as there are bonus points for pole position, etc. Yep. So... Um, yeah, just two-minute standalone qualifying. Fair enough, indeed. So let's go to the big boy one. Over <laughs> racing. What, what's that? What's happening in the NASCAR world for you guys? Yeah, so um, it hasn't kicked off yet. Uh, it's it's quite surprising because being an oval league uh, traditionally, we would have thought that that would have uh, kicked off first. But um, we're good mates with the guys at NASCAR and the Weekend Warriors um, Australian Stock Car Championship, and we all work together well and race each other's leagues. So. Those two guys are running the next gens now. I'll be honest, I wasn't quite happy with the next gen and how it raced in the iRacing platform when it was first released. And a couple of the recent updates, still not quite happy because in the real world space, I don't think they've really got that 100% down pat either. So iRacing's only able to supply, you know, what, what data yeah. they can they can get. So uh, we are running the pretty much identical to the real world series. So... Um, I'll just bring up the NASCAR schedule in front of me. So it starts on Feb 8 um, for the clash at the Coliseum. So that'll be Tuesday night, February 8. And we run all the way through until the 11th of October yep. will be the final round um, at Phoenix. So um, there is a chase as well. So the top 10 in points will be locked into that chase and they will fight it out for the championship. Um, and then... Everyone from 11th and down, they still race and, and they fight for 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th yeah. um, because it'll be a top 20 lock-in for the Daytona 500 next year, similar to what Anscar does, etc. cetera. Um, and, and the reason I've done that and I spoke to Edward Foster from Anscar and I was worried about, you know, are we copying other leagues, etc. And And we're not. The reason we do that is so when these guys, the Anscar nuts that love it, transition across the different leagues they know what they're going to get they're not yep. going and having to go oh what are these you know it's it's pretty similar um the only difference is a couple of our rounds don't quite match up with the real world schedule um to be honest with you i didn't have enough room on my poster to be able to put that many <laughs> rounds in so i just had yep. to cull some um but yeah that's that's it in a nutshell mate um that'll start on feb 8 everyone's welcome we're expecting oh 
full grids on that one. We've yeah. done a practice race last week and I think we got 27 in just for a practice race. So, um, and that was just in league sessions. We didn't put it under hosted. I don't like that as a practice race. I want the people that race in the league to be able to race against each other and, and know what to expect. So, um, yeah, look forward to that one. That's a big boy um, in relation to the NASCAR world. And yeah. we currently don't have a broadcaster for that. And uh, we're really looking for one and a sponsor, etc. Um, a sponsor just to allow that to be broadcast, because I think that's going to be a really, really good um, series to watch, not taking away from the supercar series or, or the IndyCar series, but um, it's going to be a good series to watch. And we're going to have 30 to 40 drivers every week. Um, we do have the big Daytona 500 for round two on Feb 15, and we'll be doing some special events for Anzac weekend and all that. So if we can get those things broadcasted to get it out there, that'd be great. So if anyone does listen to the podcast, I'll do a shout out, get in contact with me because we're looking for a broadcaster, even though I do broadcasting myself, <laughs> weirdly enough, yeah. um, to be able to bring that to the people. So Definitely. Uh, what night again was that dropping? So that's Tuesday nights. The first round will be at the Coliseum. Um, I'm yet to be decided whether that is going to be four points or whether we just use that as a test since the Coliseum has just um, just rolled out on the iRacing platform. So, But the date is February 8th, Tuesday night, yep. February 8th. Sounds good indeed. So, look, a lot's happened since we talked to you last. I think last time we were talking to you, you were just doing Into Sim League. You had about three or seven or eight rounds in, under your belt. You just started broadcasting. What's going on with you, mate, right now? Yeah, it's um, it's the support we've had. So people that don't know me through the iRacing platform is um, we, Paul, uh, one of my good mates out of Albury, Wodonga, him and I, we started Indusim Sports Network about 12 months ago now. And we actually created, I think this was last time we chat, Pete, is um, mm. we were running our own switch-up series yep. and broadcasting our own series. So um, that's changed. We've actually been engaged by several leagues since. So we've... Uh, broadcast the um, Australasian Supercar E-Series. We go into our third series of that. That's how quick time has gone tonight, actually. Uh, we go live for round number one for their third series of the Australasian Supercar E-Series. Um, we've also broadcast the Procar GT Championship, the Blendline TV Procar GTE Championship. So we broadcast their, uh, a series of that going back two or three months ago now um, and they've actually engaged us to do the next season as well which kicks off Tuesday week so that's really good to do that I won't be commentating on that one as I'll have to run in my league on a Tuesday night but um, we've already got that sorted with a commentator and it'll be broadcast on the Intersim Esports Network um, we did a special event for Darren McKenzie. So Darren McKenzie's the reigning Weekend Warriors Australian stock car champion. And um, late last year, sadly, his 12-year-old son uh, died of leukemia, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, so with the help of a lot of people through iRacing, there was a um, charity event put on um, for, I think it was like a Daytona 500 type event. Um, it was, yes. And we True. broadcast it on Indusim Esports Network and raised money for Red Kite, uh, which support a lot of the families that are, that are going through a tough time in hospital when they first get into hospital, you know, giving them all their necessities that they need and don't necessarily have. So that was a really good event and um, we were proud to be uh, asked to be able to broadcast that and we hope that we did that justice. And I think they raised about seven 
or eight thousand mm. dollars for the charity. Um, so that was good. Uh, from a broadcasting perspective, now we've just mentioned the Pro Car GTE Championship, which we're broadcasting. We're broadcasting the Australasian Supercar E Series. Um, I'll be behind the mic tonight with young Ryan Barber. He's decided to jump in behind the mic. So I said, jump in, mate, and stop me talking all night. <laughs> and um, also, we've been broadcasting season one. It's just wrapped up last week, actually, for the MSR TCR League. So that was run by the guys at Midline Sim Racing, um, Jai Schultz and Blake Urquhart and the like. So um, we broadcast that for season one and we've been engaged to do them for season two. So we're pretty much going to have a four broadcast a week um, coming over the next 10 to 12 weeks, I'd say. That sounds really good. Um, it's amazing how things are growing. You've done really well, mate. So we look forward to hearing more from you over the coming episodes with some wrap-ups, which will be really exciting. So you'll hear all your results and stuff like that here on the podcast from Global iRacing. I keep on getting it wrong. Sorry, mate. I'm tired. <laughs> Global iRacing Leagues for anyone watching. That's um, the one. You can find us on, on Facey or um, uh, jump onto iRacing through the members site and just type in Global iRacing Leagues. And yep, you'll find us. It's the Blue World logo. And any questions, shoot me a message. But, um, yeah, looking forward to what's going to be a busy 2022. But I tell you what, it's impacted my racing. So you might see me uh, getting from behind the wheel a little bit more as we move on into 2022. Yeah, and that's the worst thing about doing all this stuff is you just don't get enough time. So it, it's good. It's not good for you. But, anyway, I hope you get back in the rig properly soon. Quick shout-out, where can people find Into Sim uh, Racing Network? Uh, so InterSim Esports Network, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube. InterSim, it's I-N-2-S-I-M, so the number two Esports Network. Go on and uh, like and follow the page so you don't miss when we go live. We'll be going live by about 7.15pm tonight for that first round of the Australasian Supercar E-Series. Um, or, or on YouTube, the exact same thing. You can watch through either of the platforms. We were doing it through, um, oh, what's the other platform? I'm having an absolute... YouTube, um, Facebook, Twitch. Twitch, Twitch. That's the one. <laughs> um, but we found that uh, we didn't get the viewers. Like it wasn't it wasn't a platform that we had a following on. So we've ditched that yep. and just done Facebook and YouTube. That is fair enough. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time, mate. And we will talk to you again fairly soon. No worries, Peter. Thank you. And thanks for that, Aiden. Now, I haven't actually edited that and let the host listen to that, but it was a very good chat and uh, definitely enjoy that. But uh, not much else we can say about that one, but uh, good on you, Aiden, for doing such a good job. And a little bit of backstory, we've got two broadcasters now living in the one house, which is uh, phenomenal, um, really good to see. But uh, let's move on to now, Braden got to have a chat with um, James Glasspool. Tell us what's going on with James before we go into the audio. Yeah, so James uh, runs on Australian online sports car series, uh, which is a GT3 series um, that basically was born out of the old um, AMF series. I think it was a Aussie mixed and fixed um, racing uh, that was folded a little while back. Um, and basically some of the people from there developed this AOSC. So their new season's kicking off soon. And the other thing he came on to chat about was the Australian New Zealand League Association that formed sort of on the back half of last year um, with some leagues um, from all different parts of the iRacing community trying to sort of get together and um, I suppose help 
to build a more clean and respectful community, both, I suppose, on the track and off the track. Excellent. So take it away, James. And welcome to the podcast, James. It's nice to have you here. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Braden? Thanks for having me on. Not too bad, not too bad. Now you're here to talk to us about some exciting things and also some things going on in the community um, with some leagues. But we'll start with the exciting stuff, which is the upcoming ASCC series. Uh, did you want to go through what that entails and I guess tell us a little bit about ASCC? Yeah, so um, basically uh, both Adam Gardner and I um, sort of last year following on uh, from AMF's sort of uh, collapse um, we sort of thought, oh, good idea to, uh, you know, we've missed having, we really enjoyed having that racing like on a Sunday night. Um, you know, we're a big part of that community as well. Um, and yeah, it was a bit, everyone was a bit kind of lost for those couple of few weeks there. So we started working on some things in the background. We were kind of like, hey, do you want to, should we try and kick this off? Um, and then, yeah, following on from that, we, we basically created, um, Australian sports car championship. Um, and you know, we we wanted to take all the kind of best bits. We didn't need to really reinvent the wheel. So we took all the best bits from, from AMF. Um, you know, we they were obviously running GTE cars. Um, GTE cars are slowly dying out. So we moved over to GT3. Um, and we, yeah, we, we started with the idea of, you know, every every series is a, is a fixed series. So why don't we, you know, open it up and let's have an open setup um, season. And uh, we also created a, a fixed uh, a fixed season as well. So we had a Wednesday night fixed races. Sunday were uh, the open um, open setup races, and uh, yeah, we sort of did races every every two to three weeks, um, spread across two i racing seasons, um, and we found that sort of format. You know, it gives people a bit of time to you know not have to do it every single weekend. Um, also for race control and you know admin as well, and uh, gives us a little bit of a break too. So. Um, yeah, we sort of sort of started with that and finished our last season uh, with a, a team enduro event at Le Mans last year. Um, and yeah, the, the feedback's been pretty positive, um, and we uh, yeah, just pretty happy with with how it's all all started. And yeah, we're about to kick off season two uh, in three weeks' time. Yeah. Yep. So you're saying that season two kicks off, I think, on February twentieth. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. So we're gonna we're gonna kick off season two um, again because we're we sort of started a bit late this year. Um, we're gonna again go over two i racing seasons or the remainder of this one and then the the next season as well. Um, and yeah, we'll be kicking it off Feb twenty, just uh, the week after the um, like the i racing official um, Bathurst twelve hour, um, with the first round being at Watkins Glen and uh, the second being at um, at Monza. And there's a mix of sprint and some endurance type racing as well. Yep, that's it. So we've uh, we've got some uh, sprint and enduro um, enduro rounds, uh, mixing up the formats. Uh, so we'll look to have two to three endurance rounds, which will be ninety minute rounds. Uh, and the sprint round format is uh, is basically fifty minutes. So um, yeah, we're uh, we're keen to start kicking things off. So we're just waiting for VRS to release the uh, provisional season two schedule and then we'll be able to format um, the full track selection uh, for the season, basically. Um, yeah. Brilliant. And where can people find uh, all the details about um, ASCC and how to sign up and get involved in a wonderful league? 
Yeah, so we'll, uh, we've got our Facebook page. You can head over to there, um, Australian Sports Car Championship. We've got the sign-up form and our Discord uh, in there as well. Um, for most of the details, it's best to be in, into the Discord, but we do post the Facebook updates. Um, yeah, and uh, we've got a few different changes for this season as well. So um, we've actually we've decided to... We found that there was um, two different groups of people were racing the fixed series and then the open setup last year. Um, so we've actually decided to merge that and we're going to just be focusing um, on a fixed series because uh, we just found that, you know, the open setup was a great idea, um, but we just didn't get kind of get the buy-in uh, we wanted to. So for this season, we're going to focus on, on fixed and then hopefully all going well, we can bring back the open setup um, in the coming rounds. So, or oh, sorry, in the, the seasons to follow. Um, also added in a few other changes as well. We're going to, uh, with the the this season, we're actually going to be adding in three different driver classes. Um, so there's there's battles. No matter if you're if you're at the back of the pack, you can still be battling to to try and win the amateur championship. For instance, um, we've got a pro a pro am and, and an amateur class this season. Um, and yeah, every round's going to be broadcasted again on uh, Race Stars TV. Uh, we'll have live race control as always. Um, thanks to Paddy Gallo and Lee Vandenberg for for doing that, um, and uh, yeah, big, actually a bit of a shout out to Dan Yeoman as well for he does all of our SDK formatting for for the broadcast. So yeah, small little group we've got, but works a treat. Perfect, sounds good. If you want to uh, find out more, head over to the Discord or the Facebook page, obviously. And uh, sounds good if you are interested in running in a GT3 car and having lots of battles, no matter how quick you are, even if you're as uh, slow as Wilco, you can uh, <laughs> find someone to race with. Um, the other thing we've got you over here to have a chat about is something that developed late last year um, in the community, uh, which was the Australian and New Zealand Leagues Association, um, obviously sort of took off uh, from a bit of a group think tank, from my understanding, about trying to, I suppose, have something in the in the community that helps leagues be able to manage um, racing and, and I suppose sometimes the unfortunate incidents that do occur in the community. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I guess, um, you know, having uh, sort of obviously started our own league um, and sort of seeing the, the last kind of like six months or so, of, um, you know, I I was, uh, I'm basically only from a GT car, uh, only it was only doing, you know, AMF basically as a league. Um, and from what I understood, the Scops, uh, the Scops community in terms of their chat and things were quite toxic as well. Um, I mean, to be fair, like, you know, there's always going to be toxicity wherever you go, but um, it's trying to obviously reduce that um, and make, you know, it, what should be a, a relatively like community based, like a friendly environment. Like it's it, for, for the very few of us, it's a people do make money from this, but for the majority of us, it's a it's a hobby. We all enjoy it. So we should be able to be competitive and, and have fun with that. Um, so I guess, yeah, when we when we sort of started up um, ASCC, I, I sort of had the idea of like, you know, um, and I heard some stories about um, drivers sort of hopping between uh, one. I remember one particular instance was a driver went before a green flag in a, in a league um, and caused a massive pileup. And then he hopped into a, a league, a different league the following week and did the exact same thing. Um, and I was sort of thinking, like, you know, surely there's got to be some contact between the leagues that we can sort of go, hey, look, this driver has caused this. Um, you know, we've given him, uh, you know, we've taken action with him. Um, and just so everyone is aware, this is what's happened. Um, and, 
I was a bit surprised that yeah, there's there wasn't sort of that. So just sort of like got together and um, put a few feelers out to some some different league admins, um, and everyone was like, yeah, it's a, it's a great idea. So um, yeah, it's it, it's a it's started to to pick up in terms of um, you know what you know having everyone in the same kind of channel does make it uh, a little bit easier to to kind of identify you know poor driving standards. Um, and you know that uh, you know like admin abuse and and voice comms abuse. Um, you know, no doubt. You know, we've all seen and and heard heard that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, the the league association really is just to to get everyone in the same same area and sort of identify um, some of this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the one thing that I noted, and I think originally when. Uh, the leagues came out and sort of made a statement that they had joined uh, this Ansler, um sort of community was people worried about, you know, it was just here to, to ban people and just get rid of, get rid of people out of leagues and, and make sure they can't race anymore. But from what I've seen, it's very much the opposite. It's more about making sure that, you know, if something happens in your league, others are aware of it. And then very much making sure that the rest of the leagues can make their, their own decisions based on what, what they think about that. And the one thing I've noted from you know seeing some of the workings is how much is put into second chances and trying to more rehabilitate people when they've made a mistake. I know rehabilitate is probably not the right word. You know they're not addicts or things <laughs> like that, but you know trying to make them, I suppose, be a bit more reformed drivers and understand a bit more about the consequences of what they do do on track. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's um is a really good point. Like it's not it's like for that uh it's like we're not there to like blanket ban people from. Just because someone causes a pileup doesn't mean you're banned from every other league. It's more so that every driver is aware that your actions may, you know, have other implications in other leagues um, for this kind of stuff. Um, and you make a very good point about, you know, it's wherever possible is that it's it, it should absolutely be. Well, firstly, the leagues, um, they will take their own... Um, you know, race control incidents and they, they'll look after them for most of the, you know, 90% of your incidents, basically. Um, it's the it's the ones that are, you know, really poor driving standards, you know, intentional wrecking, um, abusive admin um, and things like that. Things that are, you know, generally just uh, like toxic kind of behaviours that shouldn't be across in, like everyone runs a league, is a volunteer, it's a volunteer thing. Um, no one is, everyone does it because we love, we love racing. We like seeing people, you know, have fun, enjoying themselves and still being competitive and really great racing. Um, and, and it's, and, and I think until you start to like, until people spend some time in race control or spend some time in seeing like actually how much work does go into running a league, um, it really does give a bit of perspective. Uh, so I think a really good example is there was a, a member that we, uh, we had, we had removed from our league. We put them on a van and we said, look, if you come and do uh, a certain amount of race control nights with us, you can then come back and race with us. So um, it's uh, just set, setting these kind of steps in place that like, it, it's not like that's it, you're kicked out. Like it's, it's very much about, you know, just sort of giving a bit of perspective and understanding of like, you know, we are volunteers for this. Like we just do it because we love racing. Like we're not paid to do it. So, um, you know, just a bit of mutual respect goes a long way for everybody. Um, so yeah, it's uh it's it's very much about you know keeping as many people racing as possible but you know if if it gets to that point taking action um you know if required 
Yeah, I think that's a good point you make about the amount of time and effort it goes into run leagues and, you know, do thankless hours in race control and things like that. You know, these people often aren't getting paid to do things like that. And, um, you know, we can't really... The reason why we turn to leagues is because of the lack of driving standards at times in official <laughs> racing. And, um, you know, they do a lot of thankless uh, hours making sure that, you know, we can have a nice clean league or... Um, or races to be able to, to be able to run in. One thing um, you made a good point about is the abuse and you know I suppose some of the some of the bullying or trolling that does happen sometimes, especially through things like Twitch or YouTube streams or things like that. Yep. I know that's something that um, Angela do take pretty pretty strongly though. Yeah, definitely. We've had there's been a couple of incidents, um, not not within my own league, but within uh, mainly within Scops. Um, there was a there was a pretty bad incident last year where I think it was in the in split two uh, I believe, and a driver was basically intentionally blocking this kid or one of his teammates was, and then he was basically messaging the parent of this I think fifteen or sixteen year old kid, saying he's going to go and knock on the front door and go and clock his head in. That's the kind of stuff that is just absolutely unnecessary. Like the fact that someone's actually done that and has gone to that level is pretty unbelievable to me. It doesn't surprise me. But the fact that you're threatening to go and physically harm someone because they're a bit quicker than you in a session is just ridiculous. Um, so we are, we're definitely paying attention to this, this kind of stuff. Um, so it's, it's not just, you know, what you're doing on track or what you're doing within, you know, the, the league's discord. If you're streaming on Twitch, if you're on social media and you're making comments and things, uh, it's it's no different than, you know, like a lot of workplaces obviously have in their own social media policies and stuff. Um, you know, it's whilst, you know, everything's a, it's a bit of fun and whatever else. If I don't think that anyone would really want to be abused or, um, you know, have that, that kind of level of, um, you know, yeah, basically abuse. Uh, just for the sake of, um, you know, what is a hobby and what everyone does enjoy doing, which is, is driving cars. So, um, yeah, we're, we're very much uh, aware of it. And it's something that we, um, you know, it probably, if honest, that's probably one of the harder things that we that the Ansler probably would come down on. Yeah. And I think that's good because everyone wants to be able to go and race and have fun and feel safe and, you know, respected while doing so and we know with social media and things like that and i know the locked on guys take um you know mental health very seriously and you know we all want to be there and enjoy ourselves and not have that one outlet that we get to have um end up turning out to be a, a horrible experience as well so i'm glad that's something that ansler focused on pretty strongly um is there any sort of final wrap-up words you'd like to i guess one thing is if if there are leagues out there who aren't part of ansler and they think they have a case to to join up and want to be a part of you know helping make the community a little bit better how would they go about that oh uh, yes yeah, so um just have a look through on iRacing down under if you want to facebook message me there or likewise if you um you can cut we do have a i'll put a i'll send a jay kennedy a link so we can potentially um put that into the yeah. iRacing down under page as well um and uh, yeah, basically, just get in contact with me whether it's through ASCC Discord or um, or through Facebook is fine. Um, we we do want to. I just stress again, like it's it's the idea is we have everyone in in one place, um, and it's just you know we're trying to help each other and, and bring the standards up a little bit. Um, 
and just in sense of you know trying to eliminate uh, some of the toxic behaviours that that have been around over the last couple of years, um, and just you know it should be it should be fun, it should be competitive, and everyone should feel you know in a in a safe environment to do so. Um, I think in particular now, uh, given how how bad social media is um, generally, if you haven't got your head screwed on and you, you cop abuse from people, I think if we're able to, to do anything we can to, you know, if people have, have that, uh, you know, aren't, aren't as, um, you know, as susceptible to, to that kind of abuse and, and, and maybe, you know, don't, um, you know, that they, they can't take it and, and compartmentalize it like some people can, um, you know, we want to make people, you know, come in, have fun, be competitive, uh, get your racing in and, and do it in a, a safe and fun environment for everybody. Wonderful. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, James. Good luck with the ASCC season coming up. And I look forward to seeing uh, the continued work of the community through Ansler um, as well. So cheers for joining us. Thanks very much. Cheers. And thanks for that. Really, really good stuff. Um, I Yeah, I can't wait to see how Ansler goes. And um, the bringing of the leagues together is one really good thing out of all this as well. So um, looking forward to all that kind of stuff. Uh, definitely go check out the the racing series though. It'd be pretty cool. So just quickly today of all days, they drop podcasts, they drop news, iRacing. Well done. Thank you very much for this doing it the day before the, the before the podcast, not after it. Um the SCCA runoffs iRacing special events has been uh, announced for October in twenty twenty two, which sounds really cool. I didn't know much about this. Um so we read it up uh, just as we were getting ready for the podcast, but it's this um the sports car club of america um are pleased to announce the addition of the scca runoffs to the iRacing special event schedule for the first time in 2022 using utilizing the super session model drivers will have the opportunity to qualify in the iRacing scca runoffs over the week of the october 17th to the 21st in 2022 before the top qualifiers strap in over the course of a marathon eight-hour broadcast. Good luck, Jay. Um, day on Saturday, October 22. Um, so it's pretty cool. Like the Sports Club Car of America, um, pretty keen for this. The, the interesting thing is all the different car models that you can actually qualify for this series on now. At 10 a.m., they'll have the Formula V cars. At 11 a.m., they're going to have the Spec Racer Ford cars. This is on uh, October 22, by the way. This is when the, the finals, the actual race will be run. Uh, 12 p.m., this is all ET, so Eastern Standard Time over in America. Uh, the Global Mazda MX-5 Cup race will run. At 1 p.m., the GT1 vehicles will be out there. The 2 p.m., the USF 2000 vehicles. At 3 p.m., the GT4 vehicles at 4 p.m., the Ford Mustang FR500Ss will be out there. And to wrap up the the day of racing at 5 p.m. is the touring cars will finish it all off. So pretty cool. Eight big races on the one day for iRacing, all broadcast live, and a big week of qualifying for that coming up as well in October. So pretty keen. I'm, I'm not going to be able to race for that, honestly. But like it, it's a it's a different event that we're seeing for a special event. It, it, that's what excites me the most. What do you guys think? So they're, they're official races, are they? So it's an official 
special event is what yeah, it's called. Right. So they're all they all count as officials, SRIR and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Interesting concept. Like it's it's almost like a you know multi category race meeting, yeah, uh, sort of thing. Which I think we need more of. Like I know, okay, Scops do the closest thing to it with the support series on a Friday night where they run three or four different races, like um, over two different classes of cars generally. And that leads into the big race on Sunday. And I love that idea. And I, I'd love to see more of that. And this is perfect. This is exactly what we want to see. But yeah, keep going. So they're all hour long sort of mini, like mini races, right? Mini. 35 minute races each is, yeah, is yeah. the end of it. So you do a 35 minute race. You do the, obviously the qualifying, the prep, 35 minute race, and then the post show, and then straight into the next one. Yeah, what, a great, what, a, what an interesting idea, you know. I could see myself maybe doing one or two of those. You know, they're all tin tops and all the rest of that's fine. I might do a GT4 and something else. Or you got the USF yeah. 2000, that's a uh, Yeah, well, that's up. true too. Yeah, yeah, that one's sketchy as just quietly. No, <laughs> no it's all right. Um, it's kind of, it kind of doesn't have the grip that you expect in a Formula car sometimes. And anyway, it's, it's, but it is still, a, it's still a fun car. Look, um, yeah, look, why not? Like, that's a really cool concept. You, you think of the breadth of people that that might appeal to for a special event too. Um, you know, like typically the special events uh, mainly appeal to the, the tin top lovers predominantly. Um, there's a couple of exceptions, obviously, but um, that's going to appeal to such a broad range of people. And, and can you imagine the participation numbers that could potentially come out of that as well? Maybe. But not only that, but the participation numbers for those cars leading up to it as well you're talking about a diversifying your thing you're now telling people there's these eight cars at the end of the season we're going to do a special event that's going to be broadcast live and you've got to qualify to get into it like the pro series but just for one day people are going to start doing the mx5 and they're going to start doing all that just to get in practice for it so it, it really is hey this is where we want you for this period of time yeah it should be great way, way to sort of potentially build up participation and interest in, in categories, you know, I don't know how each one of those goes. Obviously, the MX-5 is pretty popular, but, um, yeah, look, interesting. Good on of having a look at something different. We're going to see you in the V running around there, Braden? Absolutely not. <laughs> we can always get in the, in the touring car. We'll get a locked-on car in there or something. We'll work it out. <laughs> no, no I look, I'm really excited for it. Uh, quickly, I haven't talked to you guys about any of this, but this is iRacing not related. I just want to put in there, Gran Turismo 7 is getting a state of play from PlayStation, which means nothing to any iRacing person, but the state of play is an actual 20-minute deep dive. So Sony's going to go through and explain and show off the game um, before launch this week. So in the next couple of days, we'll get that. Um, so if you are a racing lover and a sim lover, this is one to check out. So there'll be a big blowout of information on Gran Turismo 7 over the coming days, including a lot of footage. So keep an eye out for that. What's the expected launch date on that? Uh, March. So yeah, right. Yeah, that's play pretty close. It's almost like a pre-launch thing. It is, yeah. And they, this, as Sony's been doing state of plays, they usually do it like the six to eight weeks out. Here's a big show off of like Horizon or God of War or whatever they do. So it's it's, it's common. But it's just in our in our wheelhouse now, where it's Gran Turismo Seven. So yeah, no, um, look at that sort of point of the development cycle. It's almost all done. It is. Know? It's just yeah. saying this is what to expect, and um, yeah, get on, get ready, get pre-orders. That's what it's about. It's hey, yeah, nice. get in pre-order this. So um, yeah, so it's pretty cool. Now another quick one we just want to run through before we get into a bit of a chat that we want to have. We haven't had a good chat about something random for a while, so. Everyone did the update 
last Thursday night, I think it was, or Friday night, and um, everyone sort of then had to redo and retick some anti-cheat software. Um, they had to then agree to a change in the terms of service, which is something that we haven't had to do in launcher. I don't know when. Like, yeah, cool, you get an email or you log in the email, please tick a box. Yeah, cool, you update the terms of service. But this was an actual in UI. You had to tick this before you could actually go into the actual game itself. I haven't looked into it to find out exactly what it was, but I can assume we know what it's about, what it's leading into. Excited? Anything to talk about here or just let people know that this is what's happening? It's just it is what it is, isn't it? Like, <laughs> you want to race, you tick the box. <laughs> and see what happens after that. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, is it linked to the stuff we've been talking about or the whole community's been talking about? Maybe... My understanding is that the the stuff that they've been working on didn't make it into this build. Needs some more work, and that's fine. But I, I'm from memory, iRacing used third party anti cheat software, which was you know yeah. quite a number of game places. But you've do. never had to re acknowledge that for a while, forever, as far as I'm aware. But yeah, you've all, they they brought in. Did they just bring it in recently, like in the last year or so, or has it been there for a while? I think it's been there for a while. Yeah. but yeah. It was yeah. definitely when I signed up like, almost two years ago now. So Okay. Yeah, yeah look, I'll, I'll probably take the time to go back and read it, but um, my assumption without having read it would be that it would be a change to the, the way they use data um, yeah. typically and you're agreeing to the usage of the data. But again, that's just speculation on my part, not having read it. It was just very interesting. Um Anyway, we'll see. I'm, I'm sure there's some stuff. There's, if you don't know, the stuff brewing on Facebook right now. Uh, there's obviously things that are about to happen, but um, we have heard of some things happening, but we're not going to talk about it right now. We're going to talk instead about something that came up in the Aussie Car Discord just randomly after the TCRs on, on Monday night. So Liam Banks uh, has been racing Aussie Car, Skip Barbers for a while. He's taken a break from that, as a few people have. Uh, which is really good to see the numbers still up over there in the Skip Barber series, considering how many people are taking a break from that. Um, but he was talking about first lap jitters, which is, I know, something that I can personally attest to as well. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I don't think I, I could understand McKellar with first lap jitters, but he was, he, he'd had it again where in the TCR he'd, he'd had a spin and, and caused a crash from um, being too concerned. But we wanted to have a bit of a discussion about it. Obviously, it turned into a big discussion in the Discord, which was really good to see, but. A very positive one, by the way, which I thought was really good. Yeah. I guess, firstly, any experiences from you two on first lap jitters besides, obviously, pole position on Sunday night, Brady? Yeah, well, as I constantly get ripped on in the Locked On channels before <laughs> races, like I, I genuinely feel physically ill before every race that I do. Like I just uh, I have pretty awful anxiety for most of the time in my life as it is, but <laughs> put me in the sim seat and... Yeah, I guess something that I care about in a sense probably is what brings it on. But for the good, like four or five hours, even if I haven't even thought about the fact that I'm racing on that night, I'll my body just says, yeah, we, I know that it's a Sunday or I know it's a Monday night or a Thursday night or whatever it is. And I start to feel sick. And yeah, there's been many times where I've been like, I'm just not going to race tonight, but I drag myself into the sim and, and do it anyway. Um, so... I definitely, definitely understand where Liam's coming from. Um, my my biggest change, I, I remember the first probably four or five seasons racing Aussie Car Skip Barber, you know, I would 
unlikely go a week uh sorry go around or two rounds without having a first or second lap spin um in one of the two races and I don't really know where the turning point necessarily was and I don't know if it was just repetition through doing official races and and building confidence where I did manage to get through a few laps and starting to see my speed increase and 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 really I suppose one big thing was practicing cold tires that was a really big one for me because I I managed to identify after a few seasons hey this is actually a bit of a problem um and I guess the hard thing is there's just such a big difference between practicing by yourself and getting confident on, on the track and, you know, using cold tires or whatever, go in, do three laps, pit, swap your tires over, have another crack. But there's just no substitute for what that feels like around other drivers. And the biggest thing is recognizing how your brake markers change and how your lines can change. I know Alex has talked about a lot practicing different lines into corners because you know, your braking marker might be the 100 board, but if you're pushed over to the inside of the track on a specific quarter, that braking marker might really need to be the 115 or the 110. Um, and and knowing what it feels like when you take that line and you overshoot how the car's going to react, you know, all of those things that you can practice that people often don't, um, I think that's really important. I, I must admit, I don't think I practice those as much as I should have. And I think that's probably why maybe it took me the five, six, seven seasons to really get the confidence up and, and the speed. But it's something I now think about a lot more. And I was talking a little bit to Alex about um, this sort of thing just before we got started. And one of the big things that I think is I now have enough confidence in my driving, just driving through one, knowing the tracks, because I've now raced on a lot of tracks. So when I go to learn it, it's not like relearning a whole new thing um, that when I do the practice, I can get the practice, get up to speed relatively quickly. And then when it comes into the race racing time, I'm now not thinking about, oh my God, I need to make sure I do this brake marker at this time. And I got to look for this. I'm actually thinking about, okay, what's happening in the race? Where's the car next to me? Where am I going to start thinking about a chance to overtake? Um, what, who is the person that's around me? Is it Alex who I know for the first few laps is going to give me space and is going to try and work together? Or, or is it someone else who's going to be a bit more aggressive and maybe I need to think about letting them through? You know, I'm thinking more about what's happening in the race as opposed to my feet and my steering, um, I suppose. So I, I guess I still get all the horrible feeling sick and nervous and anxious, but I feel like I'm able to deal with it a lot better because once the race gets started, I have that confidence in my driving now through a lot of repetition and a lot of practice that's got me to the point where I can think about things that are going to help me survive in a race as opposed to thinking about things that are just this corner, then the next corner, then the next corner. How am I going to get through each of these turns, if that makes sense? Yeah, that does. Um, I would like to hear from Alex. I know you don't get first first lap jitters, but give us some, <laughs> give some insight. I don't know about that. Um, there's a lot of merit in what you say there, Braden, about having, and we. I know we spoke about it earlier tonight, the, the fundamentals down so that you're thinking less about that in your conscious mind, more in your subconscious, so it happens. right. And, and that's, I found in my experience with a lot of sport, it's true across many sports where you're not thinking about the fundamental skills consciously they just kind of happen 
and that's based on repetition and practice and, and all the rest of it. At that point, then uh, there's a there's a, an inherent amount of of quiet comfort that comes with that. Now, you know, easy for me to say. I've spent a few years in the skippies, um, and those fundamentals, whilst they're not, you know uber super special they're enough to get me around and have the confidence to drive around safely um when it comes to um nerves um i don't know i was reading through that really quite constructive thread of of discussion in the in the discord this week and i was trying to think of something i could constructively contribute um i find there's one race uh, probably there's four races a year that I, I get a little bit of nerves and it's it's the first race of every official season for some <laughs> reason. I don't know what it is. I've raced like six times the week before, but it's just that first one where, where you know, how's my season going to go this time around? And I invariably crash in it anyway. But anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I put it down a lot to a couple of things. Um, uh, I played a lot of competitive sport and and that concept of you know drilling and having the fundamental skills and then just playing the game for what it was it didn't matter what level it was the fundamental nature of the game was always the same and the, it came down to the execution of, of that right um but that's interesting because I've, I've i think back to even when i started at nine years old and, and the best player in the team and the captain and everything he was the halfback and he was i had a lot of um respect for him even at that kind of age and i couldn't believe when i found out partway through the season that when he was going off for what i thought was a pre-game pre-game trip to the toilet um he was off throwing up as a nine-year-old it's funny you should say that because before every game of football i played i vomited literally and once once the ball was bounced in the middle and the game started i was okay and i was fine but Literally, I never could eat breakfast, and and every I would say ninety percent of the games of football I played as a as a kid up to probably when I was fourteen or fifteen, yeah, I was I went I was off sick just to, to yeah. avoid yeah. bounce. I think there's a physiological element to it. We all have different makeups and stuff, um, and I I don't really have an answer for it. It's 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 part of my makeup that I've never really had to wrestle strongly with. Like I can think back to some of the you know the big stages that I've had the the the, the great privilege to play on for example like I've played uh English touring side I've played a Japanese touring side a couple of times in the lead up to a world cup and and played in these big games and um walked away having really been thrilled with the experience and not had a moment of nerves about it uh because the routine was there and that probably comes down to the the, the years of practice that you put in or whatever it was um yeah, look, so when it comes to the, the, I mean, even if I think about the TCRs where I know I'm rubbish, um, the other thing that I was thinking about with there, that I had, I don't know if you'd call it nerves, but the thing that I had in mind there was about who I was racing with. I didn't know them. And this is common too when I race officials uh, in the skips. If I know the people around me, and the same on a Thursday night, I, was going, I know those people around me. I know that's one sort of random factor I don't have to think about, and I don't have nerves around that. If there's new people that i don't know that's potentially going to introduce some nerves so what must i have strategies for it okay if they're in and around me position my car differently think about there have a watchful eye okay i've got some trust with them now okay let's go racing that sort of thing right so for me it's about fundamental skills uh, having strategies in place to manage different situations that you're presented with and then probably some physiological things that each them have that, that form part of each of our makeups about how we um 
you know, how, how these things present in us. But ultimately, mate, I, I, I can't talk about any strategies because it's, yeah, it's not part of, not a big part of my makeup anyway. Yeah, it's interesting you guys talking about sport. Like, I've obviously got a big sport background as well, and I was the complete opposite. So you, I, I was the, the the thing I was most successful at was being was bowling and cricket. So that I was the fast bowler. I was the person who they gave the cherry to. So I had to start the innings off every single time, and it was one of those things that I really looked forward to. And if I didn't get to do it, I was actually physically down. And like, if, if, you know, they decided to to start it with someone else, I look forward to that every time. My problem became the end of the, the, the thing. So if I was playing golf and a championship or something like that, those last four to five holes of a 72 hole tournament, I'd just go to muck. And it almost happened last night. I had a four second lead on, on Sunday night. I had a four second lead over 11th. Eight seconds, and I said it on stream, eight seconds to the guy in front. I had, there was two laps to go. I was going nowhere. That was it. My race was done. And I think I won, I, got, I beat the guy home in 11th by like one second. I even went off track for the first time and got a slowdown going on to the final straight and almost lost it that way. And like, that's, that's where my issues came in. But in racing... I'm notorious in, in skippies. Like I would, if I qualified up the up the field, I was the quick going back quicker than than like Mikella's going forward. So <laughs> it was um, it was and Bernie like probably the biggest one in my ear saying, "Hey, like he if I end up ahead of him, he'd be like, hold your line, hold your line." But it comes hundred percent back down to fundamentals. I, I, there was three points I wanted to bring up, but fundamentals doing uh, work over and over again, over and over again not having to worry about okay cool so I, i've been put on this line because i'm i'm not look doing your laps one after another is great you get perfect at that line but at the start of the race you're not going to be on that line there's no chance that you're going to hit every corner at the same way every single time so then you've got to adjust and if you haven't practiced that that's an extra thing you got to worry about the person ahead of you the person behind you then you got to remember the tires are cold but you've also got to adjust your line completely so like like we said practice multiple lines into things and it's not just knowing your breaking mark is 15 meters earlier because you're on the inside you might not be able to see that breaking marker anymore so you need to find the breaking marker on the inside and know that that's where you've got to break for there and that's a really good point because that's something i've noticed driving the turbo touring cars and the v8 supercars that i never really got out of the skippy is when you're in the skippy you can almost see everything you can be nose cone in the rear gearbox of the car ahead of you and you can pretty much see anything when you're right up behind a TCR car or a V8 supercar, you can't see anything, not just your braking marker. Like all you can see is the rear of that car in front of you. And it is a really difficult thing to to spot your braking marker and know when to brake. And I think what it comes down to, the biggest thing that's changed with me, I'm not saying that I'm any better at it, but I think Sunday night was definitely a turning point. And it's, I'm going to say it, racing with a team, racing with a, a group of other guys that are there to, to push you along is probably the big thing. Like I said, Vernie sitting there and telling me, hold your line, you're fast enough, keep going. And then having Roy in my ear going, just hold your line, make them pass you. you you're you good enough, just stay there. And then finally believing it um, and, and, and acting on it. It's, it's, it's good enough to have someone say it to you all the time and say it to you all the time and go, okay, yeah, yeah, I am, I am. But actually going, no, no. I'm going to hold my line. This person has to do their best to overtake me safely. If they don't overtake me safely, yeah, cool. I'm probably going to end my race, but 
it's not going to be my fault. Like, it's up to them to do it. And you, that way you come back to the trust, having trust in, in you guys around you, um, which is hard sometimes, especially in new series. But, yeah, if being in a team has made a huge difference. And I know everyone can't just rock up and say, hey, put me in a team. or, But do what we did. Grab four, four or five guys that are not in a team that are you're racing with every now and then and say, hey, do you want to just work together, just have some practice sessions on the side? doesn't matter who it is. It just makes sure you get along with them and they're a good bunch of guys. And Yeah, mate, you look at the, the Milo guys and AJ and I, we're not in the same team. We've just raced together forever. There was a third group, you know, Sam Devaney's part of the Speedy Snails. There was a collection of us that just enjoyed it. I used to stream every Thursday night the Skippy races and there'd be – Anything up to a dozen people in the channel from any part of the world that just happened to be right that we knew, right? And it, there was a lot of positive energy that, that came out of that and, and it did uplift more than anything else, right? Um, can I ask you a question about the uh, the bowling? That's a really stark contrast. Someone who's um, excited at the opportunity and wants it, like that's, that's a sportsman, a competitor's attitude that they pass me the ball, throw me the ball, I can make a difference. Right, yep. and I compare that to the the you know the, the self doubt that you appear to have in the right. What's what's the difference? You know, where's it <laughs> old <come> age? From? <laughs> probably <laughs> good. But you're not the man up on the roller coaster well, anymore. No, is that what you're telling me? <laughs> look, the, I I I've played tennis since I was young, and I got to a point where I I, I confidently knew I could beat ninety five percent of the people that I came up against, no matter who they were. I then went to bit of golf and I got to the point where no problems it's it's on me I, I I got good enough to confident enough to know that I could go out there and you know beat most people and then cricket was the same thing I knew I got to the point where I wasn't just the best bowler in our team I was the best bowler in the association and got that award three four times to the point where my biggest nervous moment was when they put the the call up to hey we need some bowlers at the Gabba to bowl to the Aussies and the and the actual New Zealand and the English cricket teams before nice. the test at the Gabba I'm like well I'm free if you want me to but <laughs> Jesus I don't know if I can do it and they're like just go down there and I threw I just about threw up in the nets at the Gabba that first time I did it but after that it was fine. And then to go from that back to grade cricket at, at, at the level we were at, I'm like, well, you know, I bowled to David Warner. Like, I don't need to be concerned about bowling to you anymore. Like, I'm, How good is that, though? What's a, what an experience that would be, right? You know? It was it was amazing. Um, it's, it's that, um, I think it's like, I think everyone has it at some point, And I know I definitely had a, a few seasons ago in the Skippies where you get that one race or for you it was maybe the rocking up to the Gabba and you have that one that one net session where you get that feeling of actually I do belong in this group mm-hmm. and you know I definitely had that when I finally managed to you know crack through and have a really good race uh, with the front guys in the skippies where it was like oh actually I can be up here and I can do it without making a mistake and you get that feeling of belonging I think that definitely goes a long way to helping as well yeah, yeah. so think about think about those things just like that opportunity to bowl at the Gabba. Maybe I would say to people, think about it if, if you're a bit further forward in, in a race or 
whatever it is, think about that as an opportunity to measure and test yourself against stuff. Like, I think one of the interesting points for me this season in the skips has been the return of Cameron Dance, and he's he's a name within the community, and measuring myself against him is an interesting challenge. I've got, you know, I've still got Ben and AJ and others around me that are, that are still really good benchmarks that I know that I've got to work hard and I want to challenge myself to beat them, but having someone that I can else that I can measure myself against is is a really good opportunity. And it's an opportunity to to, to learn and and see where I'm at and all those things. And maybe taking it at, at, at that sort of angle in it might might help. Mm. But you know, in, in terms of those first lap nerves, again, the only things that I would say would be focus on your fundamentals, get confidence in that element of it, think about the strategy. I mean, you were talking about the multiple lines, about where you, where you can take it, and, and often you don't get those lines in the opening laps. Go race Road America six times in a week and tell me how many laps you get <laughs> one lap in with, you know, hot lap lines. You just don't get it, right, yeah. honestly. So I think there's a really there's – there's probably a few things in there for people to have a think about, and hopefully that helps, right? Yeah, definitely. I'll, the last thing I want to do, if you're in our Discord, you know my struggles as a with my business. Um, it, it's the best example that I can give you. So everyone who comes to work for me goes, yeah, cool, I'm a great driver. I've never had an accident in my life, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm a really good driver. Um, you put them in a car that they're doing something that they – it's driving. They, do, they drive it every day, but they're driving it differently. Okay, they're putting themselves in different positions than they normally would. But also, not only that, they're wondering about where their next parcel is, where the scanner is, what they've got to do. And you're adding about four layers on top of that fundamental skill of driving. And you're asking them to do it slightly differently because you're going in and out of driveways, you're doing all this other stuff. And inevitably, someone hits something accidentally and, and does something. But I'm a great driver and I, I never have accidents and I've never had a problem. But like I said, it's, it's that changing it slightly but then also adding levels of stuff, which is exactly what a first lap thing is. It's cool. You're going to change your line slightly and change your braking marker slightly in the conditions. Plus, we're also going to throw cars at you and cars that are going to dive bomb you and cars that are going to do this and that. And, and Someone's going to spin in front of you. or Yeah, there's all kinds of things that, 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 that you chuck on top of that. It's the exact same situation. And I've got no answer because my guy's still crashing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing for you um let, let's finish that up i hope you did enjoy that and, and get a bit out of it and i do like doing that kind of stuff more than the stuff we've been doing lately but hey we do what we do um let's get into the results i want to quickly shout out locked on lads dot no twitch.tv slash locked on lads and locked on lads yt on youtube go check them out at the moment there's some cool stuff happening if you checked it out of the weekend i had a little special test stream of some stuff so I don't think we're very well on Twitch, but YouTube, it went pretty well, and we're pretty excited with what's going forward with that. So hopefully more announcements again soon. Um, but yeah, we're getting back into the driving now, so you'll start seeing more streams on there. You will still start seeing more podcasts go live on there um, as well. And yeah, so hopefully go check them out, subscribe, like, all that kind of stuff, follow. Uh, it really does help us out. Let's get into the results. Let's start with SNL. McKellar, what happened this week? Yeah, a bunch of stuff around America, as we said, and um, Carl Withy joined me in the booth this week for a How special. How good was that? Yeah, it was good fun, you know. <laughs> look, it was something different, you know. Uh, I'm looking forward to having Corey back in the booth with me next week. Um, 
But, you know, as I said, I think last week, it's it's to help out the team, you know, have the team around us so that when life happens, we've, we've got some options. Carl sort of stuck up his hand and said, hey, if you ever need anyone. And I thought, yeah, well, let's give it a trial run and see how we go. And, you know, he was excited. I was excited. It was something new and fresh. And, and you know, the guys out on track put on a great show and, you know, had us both jumping up uh, out of our seats. It was great. So... From that point of view, it was great. Uh, the racing was fantastic. First 5K soft for the season, which says a lot about the wow. racing and and, the, and what have you there, which was great. You know, car one in the second split was 3,800 I rating, I think. So, um, and Mr. Snell couldn't make the top split. Um, <laughs> there were a few people, I think, surprised to find themselves in the second split. But focusing on the, um, the top split for a minute, for the second week in a row, Perez dropped it on pole ahead of Nagai. I really thought this was going to be an interesting challenge this week because uh, long laps, no chance to do any tyre warming or any strategic stuff on the out lap. You just got to, as soon as you can hit the green button to get on track, you need to get on track or you miss out. Uh, and you miss that all-important second lap, which is, you know, worth anything up to like half a second or more. Uh, Perez drops it on pole. Nagai joins him on the front row. Fantastic effort. Corey Lane and Sam Devantia lock out the second row, leading the ANZ charge. Interestingly, Sam Devantia set himself a little goal and he reached it this week. He was car number one in a 5K soft. Get that, India. 7.2K, the young man is. He's been farming up a storm. And I shouldn't pump up his tyres because he's head big enough already because (laughs) (laughs) he's doing it pretty well at the moment. But, um, you know, fair pump to him. He did that little one uh, and good on him. So uh, Julian O'Frey qualified fifth. Matic in six. So um, they were sort of uh, the front half of the field, so to speak. The other ANZ drivers, Vasco Sorowski, medium, middle of the road performance for him in qualifying in P8. Uh, and then Neil Gardner cracked it as, you know, he's one of our Aussie car regulars now. He's spending more time in officials, or at least I'm seeing pop up more in more officials. And he, uh, he qualified, uh, unfortunately, in last down in 18th come to the race and it was an absolute cracking example of what racing can be like at uh, road america big pack i think it was 12 well the first lap it was the whole field second lap uh, i think through a couple of bumps and bruises it ended up uh, about 12 or so um and then ultimately uh wound down to a front pack in the final hunt uh, of about six, but most of the race it was sort of between six and ten, depending on where you looked at. Um, look, there was a lot of cut and thrust, a lot of strategic stuff. Uh, it came down on the final couple of laps. In that sort of style of racing, you've got to make a decision. Where am I in this pack? The, you get the guys at the back of a six or eight car pack who are starting to get nervous and wanting to push forward. That breeds a bit of... Uh, um, a different kind of dialogue in that front pack and often uh, unsettles and unseats people. We ended up with a front group uh, fired out for the win of three, and that was Devantia, Perez, and Lean in the end. Unfortunately, Nagai uh, got caught up in an incident uh, that took him out for uh, the second out of four rounds, unfortunately putting his championship run in real doubt. Um, but Devantia made a really strong move on the penultimate lap. I think it was a penultimate. It was either the second last or the last lap as they went three wide into the, the primary passing opportunity into turn five at the end of that big, long straight. 
and he did a really good job of positioning his car on the inside, minimising risk, but making the move. Uh, and then, you know, from there, he was able to um, uh, battle it out. That was the penultimate lap because he ended up back in third again in the run to the line. But um, Perez was leading the run through the all-important final corner. And there's been a lot of different sort of strategies play out there. The guy in front's always worried about getting draft to pass. And Perez did something that a few people have tried, which was taking a narrow line out to minimize people's run or draft. Others have taken really wide and let the others come in. But it's all about managing the draft of the guys behind you. Unfortunately, well, unfortunately for him, he couldn't quite manage it. And what you ended up with was Sam Devantia, the cowboy, the 7.2K car number one, coming through and taking, being the first two-race winner for <laughs> season 26. Go the Cowboy, wow. uh, ANZ driver taking out the 5K, first 5K soft, and that left Christian Perez uh, to take out second place and an ANZ double on the podium with Corey Lane, who's done a lot of racing uh, last week. Uh, quite rest. This, this race kind of suited him, I think, so, uh, given that he survived the sort of net code hassles that he has quite often, uh, and that saw him come out uh, in third position. Julian O'Frey. Uh, kept his uh, season tilt hopes alive, finishing in fourth. And Xavier Sanchez, I don't end up calling. He's in the, always in this front and there, you know, there and thereabouts. But he he really pushes forward towards the end of races and capitalises on other people's mistakes. Typically, he finished and rounded out the top five. The um, the ANZ story of the race, uh, other than Devanshire and Lean, we saw Gardner come from last place all the way up to finish into the top 10 in 10th, which was a good drive. And then Vasco, unfortunately, from memory, it was he and, uh, and the guy that came together. Uh, he's ended up in 14th position. I will take a moment to, to grab a look at the second split. Um, because it was a 3K strength of field in the second split, which is pretty amazing. Um, Mr. Ben Snell dropped it on pole as car number nine in the second split, um, uh, led all 10 laps uh, and took it out, which was a fantastic effort. Mitchell Nichols, the other, there was quite a number of ANZ drivers in the second split. Mitchell Nichols continued his great season, finishing third. Darren Tune, one of our Aussie car regulars, finished in fourth. Sean Doyle, another familiar face from Aussie car, in sixth. Russell Clark, the third. The boss man of Team Milo was car number two in the second split. I haven't said that for many seasons. Uh, he's finished in seventh. Um, Tim Harris, there you go, another familiar name. He's in 11th. Uh, Ryan Portelli becoming quite a regular with us in 13th. Nathan Verney, locked on fame. He's in 14th. Uh, and the field was rounded out by Paul Wilson in last and Captain Dingaling, Donald Sabinal himself. He's made a bit of a return, but he's, he's all the way down in 17th, unfortunately. Quickly spotting a couple of other, other regulars uh, in the third split. Young Brody Cook, Team Milo Jr., he's cracked at two for two. He won the warm-up race in the second split and he won the third split in SNL. And can I say... One, splits one, two, and three were won by ANZ drivers in the same Discord server, which was pretty cool. Pretty cool. You had Sam who was in there with us. You had Ben who was in there with us and Brody. All three wow. splits one way. Yeah, so good good, uh, good night for the top split Discord server. Other ANZ drivers, Andrew Brewer uh, in seven, uh, yeah, in seventh. The great Mark Jeffrey, the man himself in ninth. And I'm looking for Ken Himes, who unfortunately had a rough night. He was down in 17th. Uh, with Jason Wilman just ahead of him in 16th. 
If I turn to the points tally overall, uh, where are we? There we are. We're four races in. Christian Perez is really going strong in his uh, bid to take out the season. He's sitting, um, well, I'm going to say a drop round clear in first position on 117 points. Now, interestingly, Mitchell Nichols, having really strong drives, mainly in the second split, uh, to be fair, um, sitting in second just ahead of the Cowboy after two wins, uh, and he has he's basically he's used one of his drop rounds, still managing to sit in third. Not... No, it's been a long time since we've had two ANZ drivers in the in the front uh, three drivers. So that's a, a good uh, sign of the strength in the club at the moment. Julian O'Frey drops one. Oh, no, he's up one position into fourth. And now you're in a guy who's essentially bombed out two races now. He's um, he's sitting in fifth. The ANZ drivers in the top 20 are Russell Clark in sixth, Neil Gardner in seventh. Vasco Sorovsky's having a rough season. He's down in tenth. Uh, Ryan Portelli, despite getting uh, a reasonable result this week, I think, uh, down to 13th. Nathan Verney down five spots into 16th. Sean Doyle rises 13 positions uh, to come into the top 20. He's in 17th. And Darren Tune exceeding that, uh, rising 19 to be in 18th. And Ken Himes down seven. He's in 20th position. So that's this week at Road America. We are off to Alton Park, the Fosters layout, which is... You couldn't have more contrast. You had Knock Hill one week, Road America the next, and then, you know, the, the Watkins Glen almost of, of British circuits at Alton Park. The next, it, like I say that, it's all right-hand corners like Watkins yeah. is, right? But, you know, very different, you know, uh, a lot of elevation changes, one-lane goat track in parts. But the racing there, honestly, we've had some of the best racing there ever. So looking forward to seeing how that goes. Free track, maybe we'll see some more people rock up. Who knows? Hopefully. I want to take this second where Anscar would normally be to run over the news that we forgot. Uh, so the Coliseum dropped um, during the week as well. Uh, and also the Cup Series got the massive update to the new cars. So you can go practice Cup cars now because they're more like what they're going to be going forward. So go check that out. Uh, hopefully we'll see uh, some locked on cars banging doors around the Coliseum fairly soon. I think it's not this week coming, but the following week. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Um, but yeah, SNR Killer is the Coliseum. Uh, Timmy Corn shared a little picture, and I think everyone in the field was negative about um, half, like, half was, a point. Oh, I was going to say most people were over one point. There was like at least a half a dozen, if not more, cars that were like negative one point three SR. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, anyway, it's a thing. It's in the iRacing. Good luck to everyone who's going to race in it uh, this uh, next week and week and a half, two weeks. Um, there was another thing. Uh, no, that's it. Let's go into what do you want to start with? Uh, you got Aussie car or you got T? Uh, sorry, TCR or Skips? Which one do you want to go? I can start with Skips. That was the one that happened first, I suppose. So we'll go through. Okay, that one first. take us away with Skip results. Yeah. So the Aussie car Formula Skip Barber Championship uh, found themselves at the oval round, except not really an oval round this time of Watkins Glen, <laughs> uh, the classic layout, of course. So. No Italian boot on the end of it, just uh, non-stop drafting. Uh, and it was a nice night out for Team Milo with Ben Snell putting it on pole and starting to hopefully put to uh, rest some of the woes he had last season. Uh, and he put it on pole and finished in the same position in first spot, uh, followed by Sean Doyle in second, who was up eight places, by the way, 
Cameron Dance third, Russell Clark fourth, Vasco Sorovsky fifth, uh, Darren Tune sixth, John Schultz seventh, Alex McKellar eighth, Matthew Harriet ninth, and locked on to your own Ashley Knowles rounding out your top ten. Your big movers through the field were Nathan Verney up eight spots, Matthew Harriet up nine spots, and as I said before, Sean Doyle also eight spots. Um, and the race was, from memory, from what I watched, pretty much as you expect on a uh, Watkins Glen draft fest. There was a lot of drafting, uh, a lot of pack battling, and, and generally a couple of groups splitting apart. Um, it was interesting to see how the racing went on the new layout of Watkins Glen. Obviously, Alex, you raced. You might have a little bit more information about it, but I do remember the old Watkins Glen. You could run very, very wide at turn one but then you couldn't really run very, very wide in the left-hander that come the very last left-hander. It's really very much the opposite now where you cannot run wide at all at turn one and it doesn't really matter if you accidentally go a little bit wide at that left-hander. And also out of the carousel, you can use a lot of track on the exit of the uh, carousel as well, which you couldn't before. Yeah, and absolutely. Can I ask a quick question about that? Firstly, Mikhail, have you got an official um, time difference between Doyle and Snell in that first race? Was it thousandths of a second oh i couldn't tell you. it was pretty it was half a wing or something yeah, like that it was, it was pretty tight um yeah look the racing was was similar to as you described there mate it was a big pack and you know i finished eight eighth in race one but i was going going for the win through the carousel at the at the end there just ran out of talent on the entry to the carousel and thankfully it was only myself that sort of ran wide and I didn't even lose the front pack but you had two corners to to, to make up any difference but we were four wide going into the entry of it and four wasn't going to work but uh, you know you've, you've got to make a move and, and sometimes the the rewards don't outweigh the, outweigh the risks um, and that's the way it goes right but you know Ben was on fire that night so it was good. Can I ask two two questions? I know it's spoilers for race two results, which we'll get to in a sec. But firstly, what was the comment over the radio? Um, <laughs> be careful what your next move is. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that, 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 that was exactly the context that it was in, right? So I've got it in my head. Look, strangely enough... You're faster on your own there than the pack racing. We saw that. This uh, lead into my second question, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're faster on your own. So uh, both races, um, uh, for different reasons, uh, I ended up off the front pack. In the first race, Russell and I were able to work well, but you know, and, and we ended up catching the front pack. There were six, uh, six or so, however many in the front pack, and it doesn't matter what you do there. And they were racing, but it didn't matter what you do there. Apparently, you, you just everything compresses at the corner, and you're going really slow comparatively to comparatively to, to solo laps. Um, in the second race, I for some reason I forgot to drop the clutch when the green lights went. And I'm just sitting. Oh, I better go now. And I was off the front pack. Are you on the phone like Ben? Oh no! But apparently, <laughs> if I was, I didn't do it like he was. Anyway, so, um, and so immediately uh, I was racing hard to get the the front pack back. And at the same time, you're mindful. Of, like I was sitting three cars deep at one point in, in a second pack and I worked my way to the front. And, and you know, whether all I was saying when I said that was think about your next move. We are on the threshold of draft. I've been on the front for two laps. We've caught a second and a half in that time. Just think about your next move because none of the no one in that pack, and I don't remember who it was, no one was there for a legit move. 
I've already compromised my, my line going on the just look at the context of the overall race. We're about to be right back in it, and you can together we'll be in the, in, in a chance to a better position to have a, have a crack at it. What ended up happening, as a as it turns out, was the guys that were with me. They they held off for that corner, whether I just sort of them into it or i don't know probably sounded worse <laughs> than it was uh, or it was intended to be to be honest i only um, caught what uh, i think david haynes brought it yeah, over the, the, yeah, the broadcast yeah, yeah and, he, and he did quote it accurately too just, uh, it probably came off worse than i uh, had intended um but you know what happened straight after that they didn't do it which was great outcome right i get onto the back and then they start battling amongst themselves and we dropped them you know, and it was exactly the point I was trying to make, I guess. Let's, let's, yeah. But you know what was really interesting? Later on, after pit stops and that, um, there was a gap opened up at the front. You'll talk about the results in a minute. But, you know, uh, the, the the two guys, I think it was John and, and Russell, we legit tried hard to work together. Legit. Like, yeah. and we did, we were doing the right things and all the rest of it. Solo car draws away. Like, yeah. it was. Yeah, this was, is what I couldn't understand. I'm like, okay, these guys are on. It's going to be back on in about two laps. We, we're here for an actual good race. And then it was as if he almost was putting on a couple hundredths of a second every every lap one year. And yeah. I didn't understand it. Solo, and yeah, I saw yeah. him take some very wide exits. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, did, did he have a few X's yeah. that he started using and you guys were on zero X still or what it was? Oh, no, nah, nah, it was so he was pushing super hard. Yeah, uh, absolutely. As he does. Uh, yeah, he talked about after once that X has gone, you know, the, and it's probably, if I'm honest, the one thing that I would recommend I have a look at. And I know he talked about it after the TCR race this week. Have a look at the incident limit, um, because once you you throw away the two points inadvertently, because no one does it on purpose to throw away no. the two points of a one X, right? changes the nature of the racing entirely you know and some of and like... you could see it on the broadcast like especially that left hander that that Braden was talking about you'd see snell go right out and then you two would just follow the, the right line through there and you're just like well you can it, it's like i know what I'm, I'm looking for but it was it made the broadcast look very different i guess is mm. what mm. yeah look and you know the two main factors uh Ben's pace was was good. It was obviously put on pole. He, he, he had enough, but with draft, that's completely nullified, right? Yeah. Without it, it's a different. But typically, and this is what I keep saying about the skips: the nature of the draft has changed. It's no longer such a dominant factor. It is. It is still a big part of the racing in the skips, but it's not the dominating factor that it used to be. It's not a fait accompli, both in terms of overtaking or bridging gaps. Um, we just were as clean through the corners. Ultimately, anything we gained on the straight, if it was there, uh, was we lost, lost through. Corners, so. Yeah, and that that was the difference. I think so. So I think yeah, they seem to be. You can hold with someone perfectly fine, as you're saying. So you can bridge a a, a half a second a lap difference by staying with someone, but you can't work with someone. Like you can't overtake. Obviously, you can't work with someone to get up. So it's it's not a thing for bridging gaps anymore, like you said. So the, yeah, the way the way I look at it is, if pace is roughly equivalent, you can uh, you're in the you fight. Can't. Well, you're yeah. in though. No, you're in the fight, right? Yeah. If there's a disparity in pace, the draft will keep you in it. It won't enable you to yeah. really battle for position necessarily. The leapfrog is not as effective as it used to be, and it's not worth as much. Um, so, and did you, you can, try side drafting that much? I wasn't really watching the side uh, draft. 
Yeah, look, it's very long straight out the back of Watkins there. So we, you get the run up the hill through the S's and then you uh, rear draft and then you've got a long period of side draft. However, the real thing now, because the draft is reduced in power, is that you get, uh, and we've, I think we've mentioned this term before, draft locked. Um, yeah. you, you, and that's where you've got to make decisions about. And we changed our strategy too. Sometimes we let the par- car going by on the outside to give them the natural racing line to open up the corner in the carousel. And other times we try on the inside, but that's, yeah, look, it's just interesting. It's just changed the nature of the Yeah, it's the, very the fascinating skips. to watch. Mm. Mm. I don't think I was hanging out in the Snellivision Twitch chat, and I don't think it mattered what you guys did. AJ was not <laughs> impressed no matter what you tried. He, he clearly <laughs> thought he was able to do it much better than all of you sitting from the cheap seats <laughs> outside the car. So <laughs> Yeah, well, I was going to say, if he was on the track, maybe he could tell us or show us how it's done, right? So. <laughs> oh, I well, guess I've got to do race the, two. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Now I'm we just draw the results. results. Go for it. Yeah, so everyone, Ben Snell won again, just so you know. But <laughs> Alex McKellar <laughs> managed to take second spot this time, so up from eighth place, uh, rounding out the podium for an all-green podium of John Schultz in third. Uh, Darren Tune, Russell Clark, Sean Doyle, Ashley Knowles, good result for him. Braden Sagasar, uh, Neil Gardner, and Scott Harvey rounded out your top 10. There were some big movers. Uh, Sean McKenzie up 11 spots. Scott Harvey up nine spots, Neil Gardner up eight spots, and Alex McKellar, yourself, up uh, six spots as well, which was really good to see. Just uh, quickly, yeah. um, one person I forgot to mention in that chasing pack was Darren Tune. Yep. What a great job he's doing, right? Mm. He's he's racing well. He's not a danger to anyone on the track. He's he's smart in his racing. He he did really well there. He he sat actually at the back of that pack, and and whether or not he was deferring to what he thought was faster drivers or not. But then at the end of the race, at a really good time, he chose. Okay, we're not going to catch Ben. I'm going to put myself in this race and and see where I can come from. Yeah, a, a really smart and intelligent drive. One of just four people to go the double zero X as well was Darren Tune. So Darren Tune, Sean Doyle, um, Leon Williams, and Darren Lasso all with the double zero X bonus. So well done to them. Uh, that leaves us with some championship standings. At the moment, you will see Ben Snell sitting atop the championship standings from Alex McKellar. Uh, in second and John Schultz in third. So Alex, you are 16 points back of Ben. So still win it for sure. And a further nine points back is John Schultz in third. Darren Tune, Sean Doyle, Cameron Dance, Russell Clark, Neil Gardner, Timothy Harris and Nathan Verney round out your top 10. In the road to 2K, Craig Kermond is currently leading eight points clear of Brody Cook, uh, who is three points clear of Leon Williams. Ashley Knowles and Darren Lassou six points back of them tied for fourth and John Snell sixth a further two points back from that uh the team's championship dominated by the Van Diemen racing team team uh cat in first place team doggo in second place I guess uh, I don't know which which one's Milo and which one's Otis I don't I haven't watched that movie yeah, I forgot. I've watched the movie either, but <laughs> <laughs> one of the two. Uh, in second place, White Knuckle Racing in third place. Locked On I Racing Podcast in fourth. Airways Aviation in fifth. Alex McKellar holding up the fort for Top Split Racing in sixth. Uh, with AJ missing a quite a quite a bit of racing this season. ORT Aussie Car Racing Team. Locked On Black Sheep Racing. Missed Apex Racing. Locked On Lad and Nor Norfolk and Chance. <laughs> racing in 11th round out your teams excellent so 
we move on to Aussie Car TTC, and I'll do the Pro Am because I've got it open. Um, so we had uh, Brody Shepherd uh, started on pole and opened up very quickly at a five second lead, and unfortunately, actually broke his pedal set. Um, a piece came off, so unfortunately, had to drop out of the race, um, which then left there was a very good pack battling it out. Um, for the enduro round, so it was just one race, sixty-minute race, and uh, the top three end up being John Hall, 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 John Halloran, uh, Zach Nickel, and Bryce Crawford in that order, one, two, and three. Uh, John was actually up six spots to get first place, which is a really good effort. The hard-charging Nathan Verney, though, on fresh tyres right at the end, he said he probably made his, his run two laps too late. Uh, closed like a five-second gap to uh, obviously the, the pack battling for the last lap and a half really helped him out, but the fresh tyres really worked the treat and put himself in there with a, a good shot for a podium there at the last couple of corners. Um, probably, yeah, like he said, he just got to the hairpin a little bit too late. Um, Max Donnelly got uh, pushed out for fifth there, just went wide on the last corner uh, in, in the stadium section there and, um, yeah, just couldn't quite recover in time. Theo Taylor came sixth. Uh, Joshua Barry seventh, uh, David Leslie in eighth, Parry Ackett and Anastarkis. Yeah, it's late. Got ninth. <laughs> After battling up the front for a fair while there too, uh, and Jake Bird just in tenth. A uh, quick shout out to Callum Heinrich yet again, up to 13th in the Enduro. Well done, mate. Very good effort for Locked On Racing there. Um, the big movers of the day were. It was pretty consistent across the board. Um, you've got Josh Barry up seven, Parry up six, as we said, and John up six as well. Leon Williams, well done. Big jump of five spots there, 20th to 15th. Uh, Craig Kerman up five spots as well. Matthew Harriet up five. <laughs> David Leslie up five. And Max Donnelly up five as well. Um, which then takes us, obviously, only one race to talk about. So we go to the overall championship right now. And we see Max Donnelly leading 246 points back to James Blavins, who I think joined the server just to get some points because he had a bit of a connection issue right at the end. So unfortunately, uh, has dropped him back down to second, but only five points off. Jeremy Bush is holding on there in third. It is so tight there in third, fourth, uh, second, third, fourth. There's only uh, two points between those three places uh, with John Halloran uh, coming in fourth there, Joshua Barry in fifth. Equal with Nathan Verney in fifth as well. Um, They're only Brody. 14 points off the lead, sorry to interrupt as well. Yeah. So the top five or six really separated by 14 points. Yeah, it's a very, very good uh, little series at the moment. Um, Brody Shepard in seventh uh, with the, obviously the disconnect hurt him. Oh, not disconnect, the, the pedal braking hurt him. Uh, Theo Taylor in eighth. Farron Hancock's in ninth. Matthew Harriet and Bryce, uh, Bryce Crawford in tenth. Callum Heinrich, 13th, well done. Um, that takes us to, well, we don't look at the championship. We've got a different spreadsheet now for the championship, don't we? Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. I'll leave it to you. Take it away, Braden, for the pros. Yes, yeah, so the pros, pros himself. also went to Hockenheim for an enduro. Um, I was able to start myself on pole, but unfortunately wasn't able to finish in that same position with Daniel Yeaman uh, taking the win up four spots as well in a really, really well-driven race and a really good post-race interview as well. I thought it was really interesting uh, the way he was talking about how 
um, he felt his car was and the setup and how he noticed, you know, later in the stint, he was able to make some ground on on Ryan and, and myself um, get away from me a little bit, I suppose. Ryan O'Sullivan in second and myself managed to round out the podium in third spot. Jordan Ross, Ashley Norman, Timothy Harris, Math, sorry, Marty Turner, Brady Baldwin, Sebastian Flock and Tim Corn rounded out your top 10. Um, Three big... locked on cars in the top 10. It was, Come yeah. The, your big movers were Nick Wood up nine spots, uh, Simon Mazomo up seven spots, and that's about it. And then Daniel Yeaman up four spots from um, fifth place uh, up to the win. So well done to him. Uh, if we go and have a look at the standings, Ryan O'Sullivan currently leads the championship on 263 points from Daniel Yeaman, uh, who's... Ooh, these have changed since I last saw them. So I might need to check the actual. Uh, that's interesting. Let me just pop over to the Discord where Nathan's posted the results because they seem different for some reason. Uh, Pro Series standings. Here we go. Uh, Ryan O'Sullivan is leading from Sebastian Flock on 291. So Ryan O'Sullivan 318, Sebastian so Flock 291. So is this, because there's been words about a, a drop round, is this the one we've got currently? Because the team championships now take on the drop round apparently. Okay, it very possibly could be. I know that it wasn't going to be updated with the drop rounds till next week. So, But maybe he's already got it done. So I'll just go with what's been posted in the Discord because that's what most people would be able to see. Yep. Uh, Rhino Sullivan, 318. Sebastian Flock, 291. Myself, 288 in third place. Daniel Yeaman, 279 in fourth place. Uh, all pretty tight up at the top. Uh, Nathan Norman and Mitch Dean tied for fifth. Timothy Harris, seventh. Uh, Brady Baldwin, Reese Gardner and Tim Court rounding out your top 10 in the championship. And then if we head over to the team's championship, which again is without the uh, drop rounds and things like that at the moment. Uh, the top three teams all locked out by Locked On Racing teams at the moment. So Locked On Lads, first place, 539. Locked On iRacing, 516 in second place. And Locked On Black Sheep Racing, third in five, with 510. Uh, High Octane Sim Sport, Drop Bear Motorsport, Chicken Up Racing, Pool Guys Motorsport Orange, Pool Guys Motorsport Green, Callum Murray Racing, and Evolution Racing Team sitting in 10th place for your team's champions. So quickly, I haven't been able to keep up with this, but is there a solution to the miss around at Catalonia? What's happening there? Yeah, so for the pros, there was only two drivers that pitted uh, twice when they only needed to pit once, and they were told that. So the solution was just to remove the pit transit time basically from those people's time and find out where that would place them. Um, and not do the extra race. And then for the Pro-Ams, they're going to run the extra 20-minute race after next week's session. Um, and those who need to pit will have to pit. Those who don't need to pit won't pit. And the, the grid will be set based on the finishing order of um, race two from Barcelona. But we now have a drop round that's official. Yeah, um, so there's a drop round for basically just to, sort of to say, hey, if that round was your worst round, then let's just get rid of it. If it turns out one of your other rounds is worse than that one, well, we'll get rid of that one instead. Are we going that all the way through to the end of the season or it just has to be finished off before a couple of races out? Uh, no idea. I, I'm okay. guessing it's going to the end of the season. Okay, cool. No problems. I think that's all for the results. We haven't got any other pre-recorded ones just yet dropped into us. I'll start chasing that up next week. Um, let's round it out. 
what have you got planned, McKellar, and where can people find you? Um, so racing this week at Alden Park. Might see what I can do with that. See if there's any good races. Post them on YouTube at the Top Split, which is uh, where you can also find all the Sunday and Monday Night Lights catalogue of back races. Uh, there's links there to the lap guides that I do with uh, Infinite Racing Services. Uh, Christian Perez, we're a bit late this week. We've had some dramas. I haven't even done it yet. I might even have to do it after this one. Had some good feedback on the Road America one and others. So check it out. Infinite Racing Services on YouTube as well. Um, otherwise, Top Split TV on Twitch is where you'll find us on a Sunday night. Feel free to join us in the chat. Um, at 9.15pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time, GMT Plus 11 at the moment. Or better yet, get out there on track in the official Skippy race at 9.15pm Australian Daylight Time. No better racing uh, in the Skip Barber category uh, you will find, and it's uh, it's a real great community to get out there and race with. Definitely. And I promised you an early night, Braden, so tell us what you've got planned and where the people can find you. Yeah, it's, it's actually really enjoyable at the moment. My racing for the week's done uh, after Monday, so I, I don't know what it is. I feel a lot less pressure uh, throughout the week knowing that I can sort of just do a bit of practice on the weeknights if I get a chance and then put in a bit of practice on the weekend and I'm kind of ready to go for, for the two races. So uh, not a lot of racing probably throughout the week, but I'll definitely, after doing those four or five laps around Silverstone, be needing to put in some practice around there because that seems very tough in a V8 supercar. And then just getting some practice in for TCRs next week, seeing as that seems like I've actually got a chance at <laughs> being up near the podium. So I kind of got to, yeah, put in some time now. Definitely do. Um, uh, you can find me, sorry to interrupt you, at twitch.tv slash yeah. the1dwade uh, or the1dwade on YouTube. And if you want to hear me whinging about anything else uh, sport related, you can find me on Twitter at Braden Talks. Sweet. Uh, yeah, you can find it. Like, it's good to be back racing. That's what I found after Sunday night. That was, I uh, had a fairly significant break from racing, so it was really good to be back. Really looking forward to uh, NASCAR starting up in, I think it's about a week and a half or so. Um, I think by this weekend, we're going to have to be really in full swing. But yeah, I'll be similar to you. So I'll have Thursday, Sunday is my racing. So I'll be all week practicing this week if in particular. Uh, I will need to download the Coliseum and give it a crack soon because, yeah, that I have to do things like that. Um, but then start practicing Daytona pretty soon. I, I really think Bathurst is going to go by the wayside at this stage. I just can't see fitting time in for that, uh, which is a shame because um, I really want to do that enduro, but we'll have to aim for an enduro later on in the season. Um, the work getting a V8 supercar up and running and a NASCAR up and running. And then also a broadcast up and running um, is sort of, yeah, interesting i did um that that's my other focus this week we'll be getting a broadcast up and running so we had the the practice stream um on the weekend which went really well had some good feedback from a lot of people um was streaming in 4k uh for starters uh so the actual computer was putting out a 4k image so i didn't that was overkill but we, we're going to go past that and we're going to that was a bit framing but otherwise atvo is actually fairly fairly easy to learn so yeah, it was good fun doing that and, and can now produce and feel confident that I could chuck. Well, I did a, an, a, an official, we, we produced an official race, just a bit of fun. Did some camera angles and stuff like that, which was good. And followed some crashes and got it all working. So that's good fun. Uh, you can find all that stuff on LockedOnLads.twitch. No, that's not it at all. Twitch.tv slash LockedOnLads. You can find all that. And uh, also uh, LockedOnLadsYT on YouTube. Uh, it will also be up on the Facebook at LockedOnLads as well. 
if you want to see how my house is going because we got interior walls up today and interior ceilings up today as well so moving along really quickly that brickwork up over the next day or two um which is really good fun i can actually see my room now i can uh, sit in my, my studio with the soundproofing in it as well so uh, it's all coming along really well i've got a new mic coming in the next day or two uh, with the Go XLR for, for that. And I've actually stuck in a little Go XLR for the rig as well. So just a little mini one. So um, yeah, we're just getting some stuff ready for the new studio early so I can have some toys to play with and set up some stuff for the broadcast. So um, yeah, looking forward to unveiling it and setting all that up. But that's it. You can find our podcast in all good podcasts of choice. Uh, I've just had it confirmed tonight. The Man Cave is making a return for those people who are interested. Look out in March. Uh, the Man Cave will come back with some cool content, with some uh, a new host uh, and some and some good stuff coming to you. So good, great, great to be able to hear those boys together again. Um, but yeah, otherwise jump on the Discord, lockedonlose.com slash Discord. But until next week when I'm sure we'll have a lot of cool, interesting drama to talk about, we might have to get the drama queen back on himself and we do need to get AJ back on himself soon as well. Uh, but until next week, have a good one, guys, and see you later.